What's happening, everyone? Welcome to the Season Gaming Bitcast, episode 283. It is good to be back. I am your host, Ainsley Bowden, and we are three quarters of the way back, but we have a great guest today, so it should be a good show. We certainly missed you guys. I missed chatting with these guys. I missed the audience. Um, it'll be a good show. We got a lot to talk about in terms we of We take a one-week break, and Ains always treats it like we've been gone a year. We've been gone forever, man. I, so I lonely. <laughs> wait, wait, Ains, are you telling me this isn't Dan? This is not Dan. No, this, oh. is, this, is, this, is, okay. this is improved Dan. Still three letters, but, you know, we, we're... Yeah, raising okay. the bar a bit. So. Uh, uh, he looks like if uh, Dan joined a death metal band. <laughs> <laughs> Are you? Is this the roast mode you were letting? Us I don't know. I don't know what's <laughs> happening right now. <laughs> it's already, it already started. I don't know. I like how we're, nobody we're, responded to Travis on that. Yep. No, we're 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 thirty seconds into the intro and he's already interrupting with his own interjections. <laughs> right, I like it. Right. So, Mister Travis, how we doing, Mister Roastmaster? I'm good, man. I'm having a good time. I'm yeah, happy to be here. <laughs> <laughs> and then when I put him on the spot, he's got nothing to say. You see what I happened? don't know? I don't. I'm trying not to. <laughs> <I'm> Home <trying not laughs> <to. laughs> coming fresh in his Sunday best, my friend. How we been? I'm okay. I'm okay. It's been an interesting two weeks. Been gaming a lot. Been doing a lot of other things. I'm looking forward okay. to talking with y'all. All right. All right. And yes, I know uh, our audience knows him well. He's been on the channel before, but I believe this is the first time we've had you on BitCast, uh, finally, yeah. which is awesome, Jeremy. So, uh, Or Carrick, as we will call you, you know him as ACG. Good morning, my friend. How you doing? I'm doing great, man. It's been, yeah, it has been an interesting couple of weeks and it looks to be an interesting uh, month and a half or two months as well. Some of the games coming out, some of the news and rumors. Times are yeah. changing and I actually, <laughs> I adore chaos. It's like my favorite thing in the world. So each day, these last couple of weeks, I've just woke up, rubbed my hands together and been like, let's check the news. It's been awesome. <laughs> It has been wild. Uh, it has been wild. We're going to talk about a little of that today. I know we have a lot of games to talk about. Obviously, having uh, characters is awesome because of, uh, you know, um, his channel and what he does. So we can talk about a bunch of the reviews we haven't gotten to. I want to talk about a little game called Bellatro. And yes, you're going to hear me rave about that game a little bit today. Of course, we have the Shadow of the Erd Tree gameplay reveal. So I'm going to need about 45 minutes plus for that. Um <laughs> <laughs> um and uh you know we'll talk about the the whole xbox games i figured it'd be nice to have this conversation with carrick on the show as well about uh, xbox games beginning to land on other platforms what that looks like and we'll check in with the halo series as well i did catch up on that on friday so uh we'll see but before we do that um Kara, for anyone who doesn't i i doubt there's anyone watching our show who doesn't know who you are but uh i was looking and when we talked one on one, which was a little while ago now on the channel here, I remember us talking about you approaching a million subs. Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, you know, we kind of talked about some of the things that uh, had happened because you should have kind of already been over a million. Some of the stuff that goes on with oh. YouTube. But I, I looked uh, I looked yesterday as I was putting things together and you're about to hit one point two million, man. So a couple hundred thousand more subs since we last talked. So that's yeah. pretty damn incredible. Congrats on that, my friend. Thank you very much. I, I have to shout out a pal of mine who literally in the middle of the night who doesn't do YouTube contacted me, said I watched a bunch of your stuff and I have three fixes that will help you. I was like, eh, he's a psychology major. So I was like, you know what? He's either trying to make me quit and this is a weird sideway 
into getting me to come to his place so they can have an intervention or he actually had some improvements and he did have improvements. He, I mean, it, it was, it was awesome. He was like, dude, do this, 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 you'll see double this. I bet you see triple this. And I did a couple at a time and they're very small switch. I mean, they're ridiculously small switches and it exploded from there and it just kept doing really, really well. And so, yeah, I've been honored to be around for a long time and still be around, which we know YouTube is a churn factory of the <laughs> empty desiccated skeletons of creators gone by so i'm very happy to still be alive <laughs> that is very true well described but that's awesome i may have to uh talk to you after the show about yeah, that sure uh, sg can always use some help in that regard um but yeah it should be a good show today uh chat welcome back uh, a lot of people uh commenting and funny enough the game awards was uh asking uh you know what's your favorite gaming podcast and a bunch of people shouted us out which was really nice so cool that to see nice yeah yeah, definitely. Um, so let's get, uh, I'm going to knock out a couple of these early Super Chats we got before the show even started. Uh, take us a minute here. Googleman, of course, coming in hot. Elden Ring is getting an expansion. Now, if it was on GeForce Now, I could even play it. And Borderlands getting a movie with Bobby Lee in it. Yay. Yeah. So, yeah. That is a very Googleman chat. That is a very Googleman really Super Chat. Yeah. Uh, 40 minutes before the show starts uh elden ring i told you we'll spend probably half the show on that so we'll get to it don't worry about that um borderlands movie what are you guys thinking about that i think that trailer looks awful but yeah hey, you yeah. know what I, I i like bobby lee but that trailer did nothing for me it made me scared what do you think Garrett? i, I have no i, I have I'll no buy-in i i have no buy-in i'll give it a chance i give everything a chance hell i've watched leprechaun if, if you if i can watch leprechaun <laughs> i can watch that um i don't i don't follow as closely as the I'm, I'm hearing the casting was bothersome for some i jumped into the wrong podcast apparently a couple weeks ago, or a couple days ago when it first popped and they were all pretty happy not in love with it but they were pretty they were they were actually pretty happy with what they saw so there's mm. there's sort of different signs it's nice to hear that there's a group out there how small they may be how you know underrepresented <laughs> they may be in their bunker mentality who were actually a little bit uh, uh, excited for it but hey it's borderlands and the more of this stuff that gets created guys the more i love it i love fantasy stuff so the more fantasy things that get created even if some are bad that means there's just a little higher chance of another fantasy movie or cool. you know so uh, in a way i'm still excited even for the ones that i don't think i will like Hey, fair I enough. do think that's a good attitude, and I think genre stuff being out there is good. I felt more strongly about that before Netflix went through fantasy and sci-fi and destroyed it all. Uh, but <laughs> the Borderlands trailer is not great for me, but I've had other trailers that I haven't enjoyed that I wound up liking the final product, so I will give exactly. it a try. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the casting is bizarre, but I think we've all said that. It is. It is. It is bizarre. It is. Yeah um googleman thank you as always appreciate you don is in the house with the ten dollar super chat you guys really got to stop this whole time off thing we're trying man we're busy over here you are still my girlfriend drive entertainment so we're your girlfriend and your drive entertainment or i'm, yeah. I'm thinking yeah i think that's the way that's worded no, we, we know the story you. with don remember he got that he got that girlfriend that lives in a different oh, state I, and he listens I, to I, us on the way i know i was, I was making a joke Oh, okay. Well, that wasn't good. Only Travis is allowed to make jokes. <laughs> Are you guys sure it's not the guy who you knew in high school who always said he was dating the girl from the other school? 
Yeah, I, mean, yeah. I, mean, I wasn't gonna say it out loud, Don. Or, I mean, uh, Carrick, but yeah. Yeah, he yeah. uh he he drives every week to this other house, and then you know he leaves it, and they, they do that scene where they're like, yeah, I was at my girlfriend's house, and they that place hasn't had people living there for thirty years. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, yeah. I'm it's, in it's Silent Falls, and you're like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. What? what? Do you know yeah. what that is, or did you just read that? You know, in some article somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's, he's, been, he's been driving to this boarded up house for yeah you know, sio oregon population yeah. two <laughs> uh don uh glad to have acg here always loved him on defining duke and his reviews Thank are you. top tier there you go my friend they are that yes and oh, i hate most you. reviews and reviewers right travis yeah, he does. He does hate so, me specifically. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, man, Don, thank you, Butterball in the house, one ninety nine super chat. Hope everyone What's up, is Butterball? well. Yeah, straight and to the point, my friend. But I appreciate you. Hope you're doing well as well. Doing okay. Rain Man, five dollar Canadian. Hey, from Calgary, near Calgary Neurology Rehab. Did I mention that Hope potentially saved my life with his stroke story content? Yes, you did. And uh, if you're in rehab, I hope it's going well. Um, you can't stop I, hearing about it. <laughs> Just like, you know what I mean? Get over it, Rain Man. <laughs> Other people have had strokes after you. Come on. <laughs> yeah. It's like, come on. How many times am I going to have to hear about Hoax saving somebody's life? It's like, he's <laughs> taking up we all We get this. it. We get it. Jesus. Like, yeah, like, we understand. I got reviews to talk about, okay? Yeah. I'm trying to talk about important stuff here, and you keep just waxing poetic. Gollum! Gollum! Life thing. <laughs> Jesus, hey, man. You got Gollum for $7. There's important things to talk about. <laughs> that Come was on. only $8 too much. <laughs> That's about right. Uh, Rayman, hope you're doing well. Uh, hope everything is progressing as it should. And yes, thank you very much. Uh, DS with the two pounds. I uh, got in Helldivers after your take on it. Fabulous game. All right, cool. Glad to hear it. Seems a lot of people are enjoying Helldivers. So, Great yeah, game. yeah, good stuff, man. Thank you. And Midnight Drury, shout out with the season gaming membership, a donation. Thank you so much. As always, Drury, you're awesome. All right, so let's go ahead and get into it. I want to, oh, wait, 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 wait. See, it's been too long. This is why we can't take two months off, Hoke. Um, <laughs> I've already got a comment that's still stuck up here. Look at this. I don't know what I'm doing. We've got Tide's picks, of course, which uh, she went with the Final Fantasy VII Rebirth theme today. And uh -oh. I got to say, guys, we're looking all right. Oh, I was looking hoping right. to FIFA. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, so was I, technically. Hoping you did. But no, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Got, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I don't, I mean, my shoulder armor is kind of just floating in the air next to my ear, which yeah. is a little odd. It's basically Hoag's face just transplanted onto a, <laughs> yeah. uh, that's you know, just whatever how I that is. Normally, yeah. before I break that's how I mean, what, top uh, right looks like Queensryche or Tears for Fear, <laughs> yeah, you know, a yeah. cover band. It's definitely de a, an no, homage right. band, right? Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. <laughs> I, this might be the first week that Dan has looked the best in this. He, actually, <laughs> like, he looks pretty good. I don't know who my character is standing near where we had to blur the faces, but that's a little yeah. scary. I don't know why. Yeah. It's uh, yeah. Travis doing Final Fantasy only fans, you know. Yeah, that's right. There is some okay. SM looking stuff on the side, so it's possible something's going on in the background. It's that true. Was, yeah. That was I simmed also, out. I do look a 
I do look a little bit like a minor in this photo. Than a, <laughs> than a I'm the protagonist during the prologue where you get to play yep. his, his teen years as yeah. a, as a kid learning how to yeah. pick up the giant sword <laughs> yeah. that like a '57 Chevy bumper. Yeah, I'm tutorial <laughs> tutorial Travis over there. But we're uh, not letting Ains get out of being talked about as Cloud Strife, right? Uh, no, I mean, look at I mean, that. No, it it fits. I've got Ains, armor, a yeah. shoulder piece, and a and a cloth robe. Apparently, no, no, all at the same time. In a He's way, the... though, it looks like you were also a kid, and suddenly, in during this, you leveled up in age, but your armor didn't, and so it's all tight and resting <laughs> on your shoulder. It looks yeah, like you I dropped mean... a Capri Sun over it, and it just got bigger and dried out in the heat. Honestly, that I'm armor in my bulking a... phase, man. Is that armor supposed to be a gun, too? Dude, AI oh! art is weird. AI art's weird. It blows his face off. about to take enemy. himself out. Yeah. yeah. And it was like, over there. Boom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Got him. <laughs> uh, it's getting more accurate by the week, apparently. Ains, you look good as a twink. I like this photo. Yeah, that is true. You do. Hey, you know. I mean, there's there's worse things that have been said about me. You know what I mean? I'm not going to. Oh, this photo is you if you grew up in California. Right there. <laughs> oh shit oh my god man you guys are too much already today i can't handle it all right uh tide as always thank you very much appreciate you they are great and um <laughs> shout out to ash with uh gifting a membership both on the sg side and the hoax side of the house so thank you so thank much you. ash good to see you <clears throat> all right guys um so we've got a lot of games to talk about um one we haven't talked about well I know Travis did previously from a preview perspective, but now reviews are out. It's been out a couple weeks. Um, reviews came in a little bit flatter, which is Skull and Bones. And I wanted to talk mm -hmm. about that just briefly because I haven't played it. I want to preface with that. Uh, Alex reviewed this for us. Um, he gave it a six, I believe. He was mm -hmm. uh, frustrated by some aspects of it. I know Hogue and Travis, you talked about it in DMs a little bit. Um, Carrick, I don't know if you... Did you review Skull and Bones as well? <laughs> I, 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 uh, there's context there from that look. That, there is. Uh, You'll never ever yeah. hear me answer a question that quietly again in my life. No, <laughs> nice. I but I did. I was surrounded by people who were playing it for okay. many an hour. So I okay. felt I like I reviewed them more than the game. I will talk about skull and bones as much as you want. Yeah. All right, well, hit, hit us with it. I mean, it came in, it came in a little flat. It felt like, uh, basically what yes. Alex summed up is that the, and I know you, Alex, played with you as well, Travis. So um, yes, he played, I know well, he, he said he played with me some of the time. He actually mostly played alone, which is why I think he didn't enjoy the game that much because the game feels terrible alone because it's a co-op game. Better with friends. Yeah. Let's talk yeah. about that for a second because sure. I've played Skull and Bones primarily alone, and this to me fits into the Diablo slot, right? One of the problems mm -hmm. Alex had in his review, and I do recommend people read it because I think, as always, Alex puts his thoughts out there in the review before you get to the six. It's well understood why he's saying what he's saying. I don't look at Skull and Bones as a story game. I don't look at it for a narrative. Right. I look at it as placing you in a world, and it feels very similar to me, as it turns out, to Diablo 4. Yeah. Right? Going around to these various locations, having tiny little stories with maybe not a ton of context, with little bits of factioning happening around this world. But I've also found, like Diablo 4, that this has scratched an itch for me. I really like Skull and Bones a lot. Now, I'm biased and tilted towards being a pirate and having these islands and, and going around the sea. I love that stuff, but I like this game better than sea of thieves. I've, I've played it for, I think the PlayStation told me 27 hours in what amounts to four days because I've only been home from my trip for a few days. 
at this point. And I think that Travis, Travis's seven is probably right on IGN scale, but he is not as kind to it as I would be. And so that makes him wrong. Okay. <laughs> Sounds good. Uh, yeah. I, I'm actually still playing Skull and Bones. Uh, so I've, I've, I have like probably a hundred hours in this game at this point. Um, and uh, I, I, I mean, you, you can see my review. I gave it a seven out of 10, which means good, uh, which is a score I stand by. I think the reason a lot of people are negative on it, and you can see a lot of this in the reviews, is people are pretty upset that this game is not Assassin's Creed 4 Black Flag Part 2, right? And it really isn't. And I say that in my review, that this is not uh, Assassin's Creed Black Flag, and it is not Sea of Thieves. It actually is closer in structure to uh, Forza Horizon. It's a game where you play as a vehicle, essentially, in an open world map. And it's an RPG in the same way that Forza Horizon is a car PG. This is a CRPG, if you will. And yeah, um, I saw that yeah. in the article, Travis. You yes. should be ashamed. But I also yeah, I should, be, I should be ashamed. But uh, yeah, and, and I think once you give get like let go of the idea that this is going to be an Assassin's Creed game without the Assassin's Creed logo on it, um, and that it's essentially a boat RPG where you play as boats. Um, it accomplishes the boat part well. Um, I'm less, or I, I'm less excited about it than Hogue apparently, and I think it's because uh, you know I do expect some a pirate drama in my pirate game. Even if I'm playing as a boat, I want there to be some sort of like betrayal right. or backstabbing or a little bit of like faction rivalry, and you don't really get that. It's kind of just out of context boat killing. Uh, and so that's a disappointment to me. The end game is pretty thin at this point. It's basically you have to carry around uh, gold coins to level up your boat. But that said, we are getting season one in one day. I think it's like tomorrow. tomorrow. Yeah, uh, tomorrow. Yeah. And I and I've played some of the season one content in the end game preview we did uh, last month for IGN, and so I kind of know what's coming there. And it's got some interesting boss fight stuff. And so there's hopefully going to be a reason to actually do the end game and, and level up your boat so that you can participate in that. So my plan is basically to participate in season one, see how I feel and then decide from there if I'm going to keep playing this game casually. Cause I don't think it's going to have a lot of runway to keep playing week to week, but you know, if you can hop on every three months and play the season content and have a good time, uh, I don't see why not, but yeah, I, I appear to have liked this one more than most of the reviewers out there um and that you know that is what it is I, okay. I like yeah i like v i like vehicle based rpgs and i think this one does a pretty good job so. and i like it more i also played it yeah i also played it entirely with friends which i think was the big change because i was having a pretty good time with it and then every time i logged on with alex i was like what have you been up to man and he was like i'm playing alone i hate this game and i was like why are you playing <laughs> it alone that sounds terrible i don't so yeah i don't i think it really is a game where if you have a crew it's fun and if you don't it can be pretty you know Travis crazy. means a crew as in a group of friends, not a crew for your ship, to be clear. That's you're right. all boats. Yeah. Yeah. You're a boat. You are the crew in a way. Uh, but I, I love this game. I think the graphics are are good. I, I think that the <laughs> the growth curve is a fun sandbox. Uh, to me, Skull and Bones is doing a lot of things that I want to see out of these type of games. There's always something to go after. You kind of self-select what your mission structure is going to be so you can get the next upgrade that you want for the next boat that you want. To say, oh, I need to, I need to clear those forts. What kind of boat do I need? And there's a lot more strategy in that than I would have expected. And they've they've implemented a lot of MMO type concepts into their boats, whether that's elements or even 
classes, right? It'll tell you whether you're a tank or a DPS. And primarily right. that's based on the perks that you get on your boat. And you can kind of maneuver around those things. So there's build crafting, there's there's normal crafting, there's operating around a big location and mm -hmm. trying to figure out what the best routes are to to grow yourself and your boat. In in all honesty, Travis, I think part of the reason it got a little bit more negativity than it deserved is I think they flew a little close to the Assassin's Creed sun, right? And I think the original version of this game probably didn't have any of those outposts or walking around bits. And that's what makes it feel like it should be an Assassin's Creed, right? You don't have a jump button, but it feels like you should. And I think that's probably where people are getting the most upset. I like those areas. I like racing for treasure chests against people. And I like getting uh, into the various towns and, and having all of this interactivity within that space. I even like the end game stuff, right? I like the the smuggling crew. I, I like the concept that is essentially an Assassin's Creed empire builder that they're going towards in the seasons, yeah. I would think. Uh, and all of that works for me. But the Skurlock stuff, the actual characters that they introduce, I think are actually too defined, right? When I came to you two weeks ago and said I was enjoying the beta, I described it like Sid Meier's Pirates. I think it probably should have been a little less defined than it actually is because you have these plots with characters that aren't as interesting as Assassin's Creed. You're not an assassin, but it feels like you should be. And I think that's the biggest problem that they have in, in Skull and Bones because I think the overall game is well-designed, well-thought-out, and I enjoy it every time I go in, just like Diablo 4 last year. I don't know that I want to play it. I turn it on, and then I'm having a good time, and it's three hours later. Yeah. Okay. Fair yeah. enough. So I guess Hogan and I are kind of outliers on this one because we both kind of liked it. But uh, yeah. nothing wrong with that. I love this game. It's going to be one of my favorites of the year. Yeah. I, I mean, I, 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 I go ahead. I don't like it more than Sea of Thieves, but I do like it. I think it's a good game. Okay. All right. Yeah. I mean, I, you know me, I've said my piece two weeks ago about Suicide Squad. I, I having a blast with that game. You, you know what I mean? It's just, everyone has their own thing. So cool. Yeah. Cool. Glad to hear it. Um, <clears throat> So that's good. I want to uh, catch up on these real quick because uh, just a couple things real fast. So random name, 499 Super Chat. Love it when I'm able to catch the show live. Glad to have a surprise guest. Always enjoy your review. Objective, I think that is. Objective reviews. Reviews. Reviews? Reviews? Okay. Uh, but anyway, for you, Garrett. So another Thank shout you. out to you. Just Very trying awesome. to get Travis to comment. It's, a, it's just a chat designed to see I'm, if we can get Travis to blow his lid in the first I'm trying really hard not to comment, but you know. <laughs> reviews, reviews. And then uh, thank you, random name. And big shout out, my brother, Detective Seeds. 20 season gaming reserves. What are you doing over there, Seeds? What are you doing, thank man? You. I appreciate you. You're out of control. Thank you so and much. And I also, I always love when, just like in our Discord or in our uh, podcast, they give out free memberships and then the people in the podcast get three of them. You're like, oh, so you weren't you weren't a member of your own podcast, yeah, I yeah. see. <laughs> yeah, I give Travis crap about that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. What am I gonna it's do? Like... Pay to be on this podcast? That's great. Yes. <laughs> yes. I thought we already were. Yes. I'm already paying in my time, bro. It's the most valuable Dude, currency. Your time I've got. is not worth five dollars a month. Come on. Stop How it. dare you, sir? If this is your best, maybe you ought to keep it. Should I bill you at my firm rate, Ains? <laughs> yeah. Ooh. No, firm rate uh, sg doesn't even make that much uh ever so yeah nice seeds thank you man appreciate you all right so uh obviously one of the biggest releases uh here very very soon um you know obviously reviewing extremely well and uh Carrick, you just put up your review as well it's final fantasy 7 rebirth um so i know mm. this is one yeah. of hoag's uh you know, most anticipated games, which I think goes for millions of other people, of course. Oh, that's my biggest game of the year. Absolutely. Crevice yeah, Crawler. Yeah, yeah. 
So, <laughs> so Carrick, talk to us about it, man. You reviewed it. Um, you know, what, what are your thoughts on it? Did it, are well, you I did. I, with I, everyone I, else? Yeah. And I do have to shout out another game so that it doesn't get lost, which is somebody already pointed. I was going to say this, but Pacific drive. Cause I reviewed that prior and yes. the idea Pacific drive or as everybody's now calling it like Allen break. Cause that's what it is. There's so many Allen wake <laughs> moments in that game. There's so much or Pacific break Pacific Lake. That is what it is. There's so much amazing stuff in that game that it is. Um, it really does encompass a bunch of, of genres, which is great, but yeah, final fantasy. It, it was probably the worst review I've ever done in terms of NDA and in terms of, um, mm-hmm. of tracking and making sure that you're, you're what they want to do. And, 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 well, since I've in now after nine years, finally broken an NDA in the past, I'm, I'm even more conscientious of it. But I was like 3 a.m. and it went live at six and I was watching myself for the 47th time, which is the worst experience a man can have, really. <laughs> like It's like watching home movies, you know, and you pop up in an old home movie and you're like, oh, God, can we move this? But it's all your home movie, right? So I got that. It went live. And I don't know how you guys deal with this. They'll tell you don't talk to other reviewers, which I do take very like I actually do take very solid. I'm like, you know, I'm just not going to. But in that game, I wish I could have to sort of see where they were going, see what their thoughts were, because there were some ifs, ands or buts there. I did talk to Digital Foundry. Uh, I talked to John a lot and, there, were, you know, the blurriness, the graphics. So I think that that's some people should be prepared for when you're jumping from a smaller world like the original to this. Uh, the the actual hardware specifications themselves just become known. You see it. You, the, the magic isn't necessarily gone, but sometimes you see a little bit through the back curtain in this game with some mm-hmm. muddy textures, some glitches. I had a, I had a crash or two, uh, some sharpness issues you're hearing on the performance thing. But getting the graphics out of the way, I can say this. Their, their ability to handle Final Fantasy and continually change for every Final Fantasy is something that is just really pretty profound. That it, it, it's something that I'm actually really impressed. I don't even like Final Fantasy games. I like particular ones, but as a series, mm-hmm. I'm not a Final Fantasy series fan. I like 15, 13, I think, um, 16 somewhat, and then this one. It is a good game. It is a big game. It is a complex to the point of where people might get into it, and especially, I tried to explain this in the review, you start attacking and you start go at every once in a while, you're going to go, why am I pausing it to go into this menu? Because there's some of them are sort of hot buttoned. And then there's enough moves when you get later on that you're almost always having to go into a slow motion and they move slow. We're talking like, like grandma in the morning without the coffee, you know, just (laughs) so that, that is nice, but also a little, it's a little disjointed. They add some things, which I won't spoil, even though they've been announced in the trailers, but Square can't do a trailer to save their life without spoiling everything. So I don't want to even talk about that stuff. Where It's a good long game that does a lot of service to the story itself and changes some things, but it still feels like, it feels pretty much like Remake in for the most part with just some added life improvements quality of life improvements and you see those you feel them and then that added complexity if you want it and has a cool card game which i it's crazy to me because i'm that's not all, a, hard game. On board. a good one that's most card games in, in these games i'm like that's ah, not for me it's too complex or too simple this one starts simple but there's this you know almost like if you get a board game you're doing twilight imperium and you're like my god that's terrible but there's one little thing in it where you're like I like that little thing and it starts to build from there. And I found myself actually really enjoying that. 
So yeah, okay. good that's, game. That's what I'm going to play 90% of the time. Definitely. <laughs> um, I'm clipping yeah, your face out after he said that, Hogue. Because uh, yeah, that's perfect. I, I, I love a good card game. Yeah. Uh, but no, I, I'm excited about this one. I haven't played it, obviously, or reviewed it. But I have played the demo. Uh, and I really enjoy the front-end demo. I do think, like most JRPG demos, and I've talked to Alex about this, uh, the the second half of this demo that came out this week is too complicated. It it, it drops you yep. into yep. four different synergies and 16 different things for characters you don't know so well. And that always happens to me with JRPG demos. I'm hopeful that it onboards you a little better in the main game. But as far as exploring these areas from this game that meant so much to me and so many others 25 years ago it was so cool to see it fully realized. And I think this game is going to be as well-received as something like Infinite Wealth has been on this podcast, right? Uh, where you have Dan, the Yakuza fan, and, and Travis and me, the JRPG fans. I think this Rebirth game looks to me from the demo and from the things that we've seen in the reviews as the kind of thing that can really break through for Square Enix in a way that they haven't broken through since I was a kid. Uh, and I'm very hopeful for that because Final Fantasy VII and the characters that you see popping off the screen in the demo are so much more well-defined than a lot of the things that Square Enix has brought to the table over the past few years. And I hope that they find that spark again with this Rebirth remake project because I think they've got that skill set. These games are awesome, but I haven't seen this kind of carried through even in their Final Fantasy series outside of little bits and bops. And even though Final Fantasy 16 was one of my favorite games last year, this is a lot stronger of an effort to me already from just the demo. Can, can I, can I inter interject? Of course. Yes. Yeah. On that, guys? Uh, so it, one of the cool things that I think you will experience without spoiling anything is a simple fact that uh, it starts bigger. It's got a good dictionary glossary index tutorial list where you're like, I can't remember how to run, you know, whatever you go into it and you can see that quite easily with video for most of it. But it, where, where Remake, I'll just say this, Remake feels like a demo in, in the amount of not just stuff that's been added, but the ability for you to see the world and experience the world. Remake, I, I don't know if it ended at the right time or the wrong time. There'll be arguments about that for years. But when you actually get into the open world here and see how big it is and the things that you're able to do, and it's not mini game itis. It's not. It's not the ADD ridden stuff we see in a lot of open world games. It's like we've timed it every forty two seconds. Something must be seen. <laughs> in fact, let me point out something I noticed in my review because I love to time these. Their monsters have a tendency to be lean, meaning they're farther away than a, a typical gamer may expect. Especially if you come out of some of those more bombastic. Here's a bad guy. Here's a bad guy. Here's a bad guy. You're fighting a bad guy, and a bad guy comes over here. That can happen, but for the first great deal of the game. There's moments of respite that remind me of Final of Final Fantasy 15 with the boy band, like you know, pushing the car and sort of hanging out, high fiving. And where while Cloud and all these don't have the same relationship, there's the game is very smart on giving you moments to breathe. And then when those moments to breathe go away, there is a lot of complexity. Yes, but they've given you a lot of systems to take care of it, and it just gets bigger and bigger from there and it is sort of awe-inspiring to at, at one point in the game i remember because i don't really write a script i take notes and i think about how i would explain it i have a best friend and i've always that's how i do reviews i think if he's in the room what would i say and in that i would uh, there's this one point where you know the hero moment we hear about in games where it's like you walk through a crevasse 
and there's this big spot and it's like, oh, like Laura has entered the vagina and now she is in the womb of the world. And this one is like, here's seven of those. And then when you get to the eighth one, you realize that's a vein and you haven't even got to the uterus yet. Like it's, it, it is, it is, it just gets bigger and bigger and, and more awe inspiring. And the music is eclectic as hell, but really good. I, I, I got, love the music in the, the demo. Music. Uh, that's my favorite part of this project, honestly, is hearing those old songs remixed and remastered and orchestral. They got the weird ditties, too. The ones that maybe don't make it into current games anymore. But you got the weird ditties when you meet a character that you're like, what is that funky? Like, uh, like uh, yeah, exactly. It is. It's like, it's a little like the porn music that, you know, from the 1980s. You're like, what's happening? And it's great, man. It's great. Because even if you don't love it, it solidifies that moment for you. And you, I saw it in video footage. And I was like, I remembered the music more than what that character said. I remembered, you know, what I heard when I saw him. So I'm yeah, ready. You don't have to sell me anymore. All right. <laughs> yeah, Hogue is uh, exceedingly excited about this. So I'm happy for you, man. I know you've been waiting on this one a while. So it's good. It's good. I hated the ending of Final Fantasy VII Remake. Uh, and I've only kind of gotten over it in the last couple of years. I think it's a essentially as close as you can get to false advertising in this whole project. But I am glad that Rebirth has turned out as well as it has. Seemingly. Awesome. I haven't played it. I got into a very long conversation with Ibantis the about remake being a sequel to Final Fantasy VII. And <laughs> I saw it, the tweets you guys going back and forth. He about was it. not he was not understanding it. I was just like, and then I and then it turned out after all that fighting that he just hasn't played the original Final Fantasy VII. And I was like, oh, okay, so. all right, that makes sense. You just you <laughs> just don't know project, what you're talking about. Folks, yeah. this whole project is a sequel. That's why you should exactly. play the original first. Exactly, they're all sequels, and if you've yeah he just he needs to go play the original anyway nice. um yeah i'm excited for this one i've kept a pretty uh i've kept this game at, at arm's reach i haven't seen anything mm -hmm. of it i know that i know the reviewer really liked it at our, our at our site but um yeah i'm excited to, to play it. you don't do spoilers or you don't do trailers travis either you try to it's, stay away it's more i just don't have time if i'm working on other reviews so i kind of just yeah. miss it and then when i so yeah. i've seen nothing of rebirth i know there's a card oh, game awesome. somebody mentioned that to me that's it yeah awesome that's, I, I that's cool seen all that's the trailers exciting. i played through all the demo um yeah i i, I actually really like how Square has been toying with people with the trailers. Like, I'm pretty sure <laughs> I know what they're going to do with the end of this game. Right. And they have been misleading as much as possible in the trailers, much like the name remake. I, I think the name Rebirth is them being coy again. And I think it's an interesting way to market your video game series. Uh, but at this point, if they do what I think they're going to do, I think it'll be great. If they go the other direction, I think it would be great too because I have a certain amount of trust in what these guys are doing with this project now. Fair. Fair enough. Cool. Well, yeah, it's, I mean, like we said, it sounds like it's going to be amazing for you guys, so I hope you enjoy it. It's good stuff. Uh, I was going to segue as soon as uh, Carrick said it, but uh, we're going to segue based off of card game because I want to talk about this little one-person nice. developed game called Bellatro, which uh, is has really kind of blown me away. Um, is Bellatra really a one-person game? It's, it's made amazing. by one guy. I'll vouch for yeah. you. Yeah, his name is Local Thunk, by the way, on Twitter. So, at Local Thunk, all one word. Um, and it sold over 250,000 copies already. So, if you haven't heard of this game, which many people haven't, um, it is a basically take poker and make it a roguelike. 
Um, and it is uh, very, very kind of easy to understand and start playing. And it is insanely addictive, like uh, like next level addictive. Um, Steve did the review for us at SG. Uh, he gave it a, a nine, a sensational kind of score. And uh, I was like, what is his this? review I is never... great, by the way. It was what got me invested in the game to begin with. So if you're interested Excellent. at all from what we talk about here today, check out that review at Season Gaming. Yeah, that's also the it... only one I watched was that one. Or... It oh, fantastic. says why it's as interesting as it is. Yeah, it's uh, I, I hadn't heard of it. He literally DM'd me. He's like, oh, I did a review for this little game. It's a surprisingly excellent. And I'm like, oh, what is this? <laughs> and so we put it up. I read it and I'm like, oh, this sounds cool. Because uh, I used to play a lot of poker years ago. I think I've talked about that, too. So it, it even interested me further. And um, yeah, like yeah. in my it just in between like stuff I'm doing around the house, I find myself just wanting to do a run. Um, and it, you can just sit there playing that game. It's just, it's mesmerizing almost. It is, it is crazy. You can, and there's a lot of goals to hit and things to do like any good roguelike. So the one thing I will add is that people ask me when I talked about this game on Twitter, whether they need to know poker. And the answer is no, not really. What you need to know is just a little bit of vocabulary. Flush is all the same suit. A full house is a pair and three of a kind together. And after you have that in your back pocket, I think you're going to be good to go. The rest is learning what Bellatro is as agree. opposed to poker. Agree. Big agree. Yeah. And and I mean, it's got little, like, you can pull up the hands at any time. You know what I mean? It shows you what it is. Um, but it is, yeah, I, I'm just surprised at its depth, I think, more than anything. You know, when you when you talk about kind of a roguelike, you, you expect to do runs and kind of uh, play it repeatedly. But um, I finally beat my first, like, full run. Uh, the other day and got mm -hmm. one of God, the I decks lost unlocked. at the end of anti eight last night. It made me upset. So give me a rundown <laughs> if you would, then what, what sure. at, at the end of that, you won the game or you won a match. You, you basically complete a run. Um, yeah. So okay. what happens so is what there's, yeah. it's like in a roguelike so for you. Yeah. You have multiple yeah. decks you can start with and they have different features. So you get every time you, uh, you have to basically uh, achieve a certain amount of money um, with each, step of the way right so right. each step has like two levels and then a boss mm -hmm. level which has like a unique trait and you have to do that eight times so there's technically 24 things you have to beat, right to complete a run okay. um and as you go it gets harder and harder right you have to build up more and more but along the way instead of just like poker hands you have jokers and there's like 120 some different jokers that have all these different abilities you have tarot cards so they kind of throw okay. that little adage in there then you have um, celestial cars, and there's all these modifiers, basically, right? And you combine all of those together to increase the amount that each hand is worth that you can create from your deck. And so as this escalating kind of achievement of scoring more, 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 more goes up, you're trying to combine all these different aspects to make your hands more powerful, right? Okay. And so it's just continually trying to overcome that next step. And if you complete a run... There's basically you start the game, I think, with two decks or three decks, but you there's so many things you can unlock. There's like a total mm -hmm. of like 10 different mm -hmm. decks with different abilities. There's different difficulty levels. There's all these jokers, tarot cards, etc. that you can unlock and combine them all to do different things. So to give you an example, I thought I was really hot shit the other night because I, I beat I did completed my first run. I had a single hand that was worth like. 50 some thousand right and i i totaled like 300,000 in a in a in a single instance Draw, a single basically. ante yeah mm -hmm. yeah exactly and so my buddy who's been playing it a lot i saw his tweet yesterday he did 74 million 
Okay. Um, and I'm like, oh, okay. Obviously, I don't know what I'm doing, or I'm still very Got a early long, long game. way to go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> it's just it like, like a country song. Yeah. The brilliance of the design to me, right, is that because they have this baseline value of a hand that is chips times multiplier, and then you're manipulating both the chips and the multiplier through your jokers and various other things that are happening in the game, is that you don't have the ability, even though you can look at every aspect of the math to really right. calculate how you're doing. You start to get this vibe of how strong you are and what you, when you can skip one of the rounds and when you can uh, uh, need a new joker or some other aspect of how you're playing. And then you go into these rounds and you're like, I think I'm strong enough. And you, and you look at the math and you're like, okay, I guess that one was worth 25,000 chips. I'm going to need four more of those to get through this. And then the next one will be 10 times as high. And you, and you have this gambling feeling within a game that you have aspects of all of the math in front of you and it's just a really nice design and every run is different in the best way of a roguelike yes right? so, so i, I yesterday, guess my question i i do i still wanted to just clarify the question i had was what happens when you win does it go back like do you just do you go home is this an adventure you're on and you've won something and then you go there's home two and things now you so yeah, when you complete a run, you unlock a new deck, which has different abilities. Okay. Right? And, and okay, you, you gotcha. also unlock a different it's like difficulty Slay the level. Spire. Yeah. So you can do okay. that. But then right. it also turns in at that point, you can continue on an endless run. And so you can just see how far you can get because it's just escalating stakes at that point endlessly. And the numbers just go up oh, okay. and up. Yeah, and they start to get like cookie clicker type <laughs> numbers on the uh, yeah right, right, the right. Yeah. where there's a formula to show me show you how many numbers it, it there actually are. does it actually oh, does, does. It, it's, it's like that's always the joke right yeah <laughs> one four eight times like 40 <laughs> e, i know? love it i love it yeah awesome yeah no awesome. It, it, it's great and yeah it's got this vibe of like when you used to play like the old summer games computer game or or actually watch this of like pole vaulting where it's like oh i just cleared that bar i'm gonna mm -hmm. need to get a lot better to do the next round uh and there's a hundred million different ways to do it. Like yesterday night, I got to the, I, I lost by like 9,000 chips, which is nothing, uh, to the last boss of the last ante. And my entire run was just based on this one card that added three multiplier for every booster pack that I skipped, which is not something I, I, I usually I love do. That one. Yeah. Uh, and so I just spent the entire run buying booster packs to skip them. Uh, and by the end of the by the end of the game, my, that one card, which was a foil card, so it was adding chips to the baseline. And all the <laughs> cards can be what they are, or they can have foil or holographic versions, we're, or all these different. Are getting aspects. in the weeds here? I think we're. Getting <laughs> I am getting in the weeds because I love Bellatro. So <laughs> I, I just kept I, that multiplier at the end was like times fifty four. And if you're trying to do okay, so the baseline is ten times two but you add in the value of the cards to the chip count and then it adds the 30 for the foil and then it multiplies by 54. Imagine like Hoke saying stuff. all of this on a subway. Like, <laughs> like just a box over his head that says yeah. the moon landing is fake. <laughs> yeah. you know? just, just <laughs> this is awesome. Because the, 10, the, the times the 30 and you play the, but you buy the foil so you can skip it. And, <laughs> and, and then when you pull out, but Hoke, like, when you're buying these, you said you buy, if you skip packs that you buy, is that microtransactions or is that just built? No, oh no. Bought in within, no, it's part oh, of the game. No. So Thanks. there's the a number of good choices in the game. That's really what makes it so addictive. I think, which is, You've got those levels that Ains was talking about. It's level one, level two, and then boss at, mm -hmm. in each kind of round. And there's eight of those to win a run. Uh, but you can skip any one of those that you want, which you usually don't want to do because winning a round gets you money in the game. 
that you use to buy additions to your deck or jokers or things like that. But because they like choices in this game, if you skip, you get some kind of benefit. And that benefit could be a, a free pack. It could be jokers. It could be multiplying the money that's in your current bank right. the next time you visit right. the store. So you're making these choices at the same time that you're playing this game. Uh, and it's all just wonderful. Uh, and yeah, I might sound like a madman talking about it, but it is really, really. <laughs> you a sold me on it. Game. I had no plan on getting let's, it, but let's I'm, go to I'm, the next I'm, box. I'm gonna get it right now. Sweetheart, you got to. It's a it's a fifteen dollar game. It's on every platform for anyone who's wondering. It um, plays great like on a, Switch, which I like to yeah, mention I mean, to people because not everything does. Or Steam okay. Deck, for that matter. Oh, of course. Um, if, you, if you have a Steam Deck, Steam yeah, Deck, it's stronger than Switch. Yeah, I actually wish that I bought it on PC for Steam Deck now because I bought it on Xbox because I'm usually vegging on my couch. But I was like, dude, just to be able to just sit somewhere on my Steam Pack Deck. Pack your play Switch. It, use yeah. use Moonbeam. <laughs> you know, stream it over. What we there do. you go. But no, um, cool. yeah, it's Thanks, amazing. Guys. It's amazing. Awesome. Yeah, definitely awesome. check it out. And uh, yeah, the uh, the dev of it has been kind of blown away. He's been responding to people just like blown away at the response to it. But good for him, you know. So. He deserves it. Yeah, I mean, it's a really, really smart design. And the motif is essentially a video poker screen, right? It starts with a CRT filter. It uses the kind <laughs> of classic way poker hand looks. The right. decks that you earn are not super awesome anime art. They're just like the, the red deck, the blue yep. deck, the green deck, the black deck of the, the decks of cards that you could go and you could buy at a local convenience store. So it's a really smartly done game. I highly recommend it. Ains is entirely right. Check out the season gaming review and buy a copy. There you so, go. I'm trying you to sold get, it better uh, than I did, Hoke. Trying to get IGN to review it. But yeah, I've been playing it. It's good. Yeah. I'm surprised well, IGN didn't review it. Honestly, it's it, because, it, it's it, because after it became reader, a big popular game. Our readers apparently don't care about card games, which is weird. Well, that's just wrong. I mean, we know yeah, that. Yeah, I know. I'm with you. I'm with you. <laughs> I, 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 I wonder if you you feel the same way, Travis, but there's been times where I've said my viewers aren't interested in blog game and I do it anyway for me because it's my channel. So if, uh, yeah, of course. And I'll do it and then find out, no, they were into it. They just needed it explained yeah. a certain way. And then you end up having people every week asking you when you're going to review the brand new blah, blah, blah for yeah, this thing. I, th I, think so. it's, I think it's like a generality where it's like, oh, yeah, they don't tend to care about this type of game. But then there's right. always exceptions where one pops off and you're like, oh, maybe we should have reviewed that. But a certain point when a game becomes big enough, you just want to have a review of it. Like it, it would be it would be weird if IGN didn't have a review of this game. So, yeah. I'm, yeah. I mean, it's on the front of Steam. Everybody have it. Exactly. Yeah. 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 It. it yeah, it was like I said, it's a no-name game, and in the first few days, it sold two hundred fifty thousand copies, which for a, a tiny, you know, one-person dev game is is very impressive. So. I find it very heartening that a game can do that, right? Like I had never heard Agreed. of this. Uh, I went and looked at the season gaming review. I was like, yes, please get me that. And then I played it. And I put out a tweet that said, "This game is absolutely as described. It's all that. Go buy a copy." And I like to think I'm responsible, of course, for being so popular. But uh, <laughs> outside of that. Uh, it is just nice to see a game design that is so smartly done make waves in the game community. Yeah, I, I no think this year has been a story of, I love Skull and Bones, right? But Skull and Bones and Suicide Squad, you've got no problem finding out exist, right? Pal World, Bellatro, these various things that are out there are nice to see get certain amounts of popularity. Helldivers too, we think of as big now. It's published by Sony, but nobody thought it would be this. As, as recently as a couple of weeks ago. So, I mean, all of these things are very nice to see in a gaming industry that sometimes people think is stale or is failing in some important way. And it's it's cool to see small teams 
go out there and make games that people are enjoying and them finding an audience, even when there's 300 games released a day. All well said. I agree with you. Um, it's a weird comment, Hogue. S1X says, Hogue, funny seeing you here. Don't worry, I won't tell Last Stand if you don't. <laughs> Is it a secret that you're here? <laughs> yeah. I, the best kept uh, secret in gaming. <laughs> if it is we're doing it wrong I'm, i was I'm gonna say uh hogue is not new here um that's quite funny uh, uh but no out. yes i was on last stand this last week with bradley ellis formerly of easy allies and colin moriarty so if you're interested in that summon sign went live i think yesterday so they hold it back for their patrons a little while but then that one's live now so you can see me talking about tomb raider prince of persia and other things with the gang at Last Stand Media. But you can also see me talking about my appearances on BitCast and Season Gaming on that show. So just to really get meta, you can just circle around and around. There you go. All right. What other games, guys? Uh, did you want to touch on Helldivers? I know we kind of talked about Helldivers a couple Helldivers. weeks ago. But yeah, We should I definitely mean... talk about Pacific Drive for real. Go. Yeah, talk about it oh, because good. I'm curious. I'm curious about that game. So please do. So Pacific Drive is one of the weirdest things I maybe have ever played, and I've been playing for a while. It feels like it's from the 3DO era. Uh, oh, and it you is, already sold me. You already sold it's me. It's a survival crafter kind of game in which you are in an X-Files-type environment trying to survive with the station wagon that is psychically linked to you. I'm in. Um, and so you craft doors and panels for your car, and you try to survive with your car in various areas that are kind of rogue designed that are randomized in in various ways and try to make yourself through a story of scientists that have experimented with forces beyond their knowledge in the pacific northwest okay while listening to 90s indies tunes uh it is um even better it is quite a trip uh it is a little fiddly right so if you don't like the idea of actually having to hit your uh park to drive to get the car going forward or you don't like having to jump out while you're being attacked by aliens question mark uh and having to replace your panel or your door uh it might not be for you but i think it is such an eclectic and interesting kind of auteurish vision for a video game that i'm recommending it to everybody because i want to see more of this kind of thing out there in the world okay Carrick, what are your thoughts, man? I know you said you reviewed it. You wanted to talk about it. You Where'd you land on it? Yeah, so I, I do think I it's definitely game of the year contender for me. Um, if nice. not one of the highest currently. I'll say that it's very easy, especially when reviewing, to sort of just use like whatever random tropish words you remember. It's like whatever it be, gameplay, loop cycle, all that kind of crap that goes out. But the real <laughs> context that goes on in Pacific Drive is a little different. And... It's interesting, and I'm always, I'm a big old movie fan or old cartoon fan, so sometimes in my reviews I'll bring those up for the people who are older and who do watch it, but this is a very unique game, shouldn't say very unique, it is a unique game when you look at how it handles the actual thematic and narrative atmosphere loop. So when you're inside of the building, it's every A-team character working on a car montage you've ever seen. And it's you hammering things in and painting the car and doing your thing prior to an event. And then you go to a, a map to decide where you're going to go. And there, there's your like almost like Ocean's Eleven moment where you're, you're trying to decide, I can go here, but then that's a second run up here. And you're getting data on whatever. You get a lot of data. That's It can be obtuse. That's one thing I said in my review is, man, 
if you open this thing and you're not accustomed to a lot of nested information that might show up twice somewhere else, this might confuse you. But, and then there's that theme, almost thematic moment. And then you, you get ready. And that's like from Supernatural, the TV show, where it's like, you know, Sam and Dean, this time it's just Sam leaping into the car, putting everything in there and going on your drive. And then the game shifts to a, a driving, but really walking simulator. Cause this car, even with the upgraded engines is no speed demon. And you wouldn't want to anyway, you'll destroy the car. And the simulation that goes on, the way the car is connected to you, there's a pet the button in the car. There's a pet the car button, like petting the dog. But it, there's a little panel you can hit. It's sort of, it's like, I love you. And I joked about that in my preview and the developers DM'd me and were like, I can't believe you mentioned that because there is something in there. Keep looking. And I thought I would pat the hood or something, you know, like I'd be like, good job. And that would be the animation like you do with a dog. But no, I found it inside. That's also one of the genius, absolute next level bits of design this game hit. You can see the damage on the car, not only in inventory screens, but also by standing outside the car and looking in. So if you need to repair something on the car, you can actually run up to the window, look in and see your HUD, all the damages Every, you know, a tire's punctured, a little sign shows an arrow. With the, it, it's immaculate, man. It's the UI so good. is great. It reminds yeah. me of like a dead space kind of thing. It's all in world. You can look at the various things that are happening. You can look at the dials yep. on the car. It, it is it's very analog that, in that feel. Because of all that information and because of all that kind of finickiness, I do think it's going to put off some people. It's not as simple yeah. as you might hope it would be. But I think it adds to the to the actual things that you're doing with how specific it is about, oh, this this tire isn't flat. It's a little bit loose. So you need a different kit than if it were flat and that kind of thing. Uh, it's very rewarding in that way. But I do think some people are going to be maybe not loving that aspect of it. I love it. Pacific Drive is an absolute winner for me. Check it out right after Bellatro. Yeah. And the another cool <laughs> thing is it's a lot like SCP. Or, you know, creepy oh, yeah. pasta cup. So much control in that. Do you like the vibe of control? I, I, it's my one of my favorite games of all time. Control and Alan Wake is. But those, that's what it's got. And the greatest part of this, guys, the best part, is you're running around. You have to find these anchors, which look like basically Golden Globe babies. I don't know. You grab this thing. You put it in your side door. And, of course, as you would expect, because it's logical, it magically allows you to call down like a transporter beam for you to go to. But the moment you do, an e, you know, this magical storm comes. And this is where I said in my review, you have to have your rear view mirrors working because when you're driving in your POS jalopy, that's probably beat up across rocks behind you, that storm is just like coming behind you. Oh, okay. And it felt right. like every action movie, last run, drive away from something. Is it like ever. the evil dead theme chasing? Yes. You through the and it's just thing? like, it's like, and it's coming down from the sides and your your beam is over here and you think you have a straight, you know, trek. And then you go up to the edge of something. There's a big valley and you're like, oh no, and you have to rip across the side. And when you drive into it, it, there is a feeling of real, real reward on the atmosphere side, not just replicated on the mechanic side. And I think that a lot of games don't do that very well. You'll get a da, 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 you won this level. And then that's pretty much it. And now you just have more stuff. That's not the way Pacific Drive handles it. There's a very emotional resonance that pops up. If you can buy into those situations, if you care about the mechanical stuff, hell, that's there too. Oh, it's very much the back to the future moment of hitting 88 miles an hour. It, it yeah. does it very well. And then the car freaks out. 
starts running from bad things, starts going off the corner. Doors are opening because it gets quirks. And you're just like, oh, my God, I don't know what's going on. It's like an unruly horse you've trained to ride once when you were young. And you, oh, I'll give it her another. I'll give her another go. It's such yeah. a specific vibe. I, I'm I, I'm surprised it was made, honestly. I'm I'm thrilled that it's out and out there. Uh, but give it a try. It's wild. Yeah, absolutely. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, it, it it was always uh, when they first debuted it, which was a little while ago now. I was like, well, this is an interesting looking game. But um, the hearing you guys describe it is kind of wild. So another one from my list. And uh, I to your previous point, Hogue, I, I love seeing stuff like this. Like we always talk about it. And Travis, I know Wax is poetic about this, too, about just creativity and letting creators create. Um, and this sounds like another example of that, which is awesome. I can't imagine this getting made by a bigger team, right? Like you'd, you'd assume a test group at some point would be like, the hell are you doing? Uh, so <laughs> it is great to be out there in the world because yeah, you, you turn on like the, the nineties alt rock music and yeah. you go out into the woods in the rain and it's like, yep, this is its own vibe. And you find uh, the car via that sound. Sometimes if you're out and about, you can hear the music coming out of the window oh, okay. and you're like, Oh, I got to go find my car. Okay. Oh, so you can get out of the car. Yeah. Oh my God. Yes. Yeah. Major part oh, of it. Okay. Is. Okay. Yeah. I didn't know if it was yeah. like a vehicle thing, like we were talking about. With no, you're slashing, trashing, grabbing everything that's anything yeah, no, that's not that, locked down. Yeah. Okay. It's, uh, that's a little bit like a like prey. Like you're you're grabbing everything to recycle it into other things later. Or Minecraft in that way. You just you know. Okay. Sure. That's the survival part of it, really. Okay. A lot of inventory management, though. Be prepared, peeps. There's a lot yeah, of that times where you're like. You, I grabbed something and I was like, oh, something shiny. Grab that and drop the thing I wanted. I was like, damn. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, we do have a Bellatro poll up on the season gaming side, by the way, just uh, as an FYI. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, hell yes. <laughs> what did you ask? Jack asked. Uh, basically, should you check out Bellatro? And I gave him three options. Yeah. Um, did you? Yeah. Did, yeah, those are three very different options. What are you talking did about? Did you? Yeah. This sounds like managed uh, democracy to me. It does. <laughs> you have three options. Me, me and a mustache, me and a hat. <laughs> Speaking of managed democracy, uh, by the way, shout out to the 320 plus concurrent hanging out with us today. Appreciate you. Um, speaking speaking of that, Helldivers 2, you guys want to touch on it a little further? I know, like I said, we discussed a little bit previously, but uh, I, again, I'm not playing this currently, but uh, obviously I've heard a lot of good things. Uh, Helldivers is great. Uh, it, it's a very kind of snack type game for me. Uh, now that I can get into it regularly, which is only a new addition to the game uh, this week, uh, I <laughs> basically found that I want to play maybe two or three missions and then I'm done. So I'm playing it like between uh, Skull and Bones runs, which congratulations, Rare and Sea of Thieves. In my head, I want to call that game Sea of Thieves every time. So that's a marketing win. Um, <laughs> Helldivers is a really strong case for focusing on a very specific vibe and thing you're trying to accomplish, right? Helldivers doesn't try to do more than what it is, which is drop you onto a planet, shoot some stuff, and then have a lot of fun with kind of fog and lighting and sound effects to make you feel right. like you're in an action movie, whether that's Starship Troopers or some other action movie, depends on where you land. Uh, but it's a great game for that. I want to pop in. I want to shoot things with buddies or randoms for 20 minutes uh, and kind of maybe grow my ship, maybe get some more stuff for the next time I drop in. And that works for me in kind of small bits. Mm. But 
that's, I think, going to hold it back long term, but I don't pretend to be the entire market myself. People can hang on with games longer and in different fashions than I do. So maybe it'll be super popular forever. It's certainly a fun game to play. It's it's maybe even a more fun game to watch, which can give it a longevity on streaming that maybe they didn't expect or that at this point won't be surprising. Uh, but I, I love it. It's a good game. It's just not going to be on the top of my lists for very long because it's not engaging for long periods of time to me. Fair enough. Yeah, uh, I guess I'm in kind of in a similar boat. I put a lot of time into Helldivers. I made some guides for it, uh, for the site. Um, and uh, I really, really like this game. I mean, you guys hear me talk about Earth Defense Force practically every week. Uh, because <laughs> I love that game so damn much. And this is like a high-budget, uh, not, not cheesy version <laughs> yeah. of Earth Defense Force. Yeah, um, well, it is cheesy, but in a good way. Um, and, and my concern with it is, is, is still the same that it was when I previewed it, which is that this game is a live service game with not a ton of content in its 1.0 version. And the team has, uh, very much not prepared for the live service, uh, roadmap. And so you saw the first week after they, uh, announced that their game was a huge success that they, uh, just started hiring for getting that live service pipeline up. And I, that, that is not the time to do it when people are currently playing your game. Um, so that's going to be, you know, what, six months away. I don't know, at, at, at least probably. Well, they had the two major problems, right? Which is that they have to fix things at the start, which yep. they've been doing. And I want to give them credit for that. Uh, but that also slows up your content pipeline that as you pointed out, a couple of months ago, Travis didn't exist for this game. And I can't say that's wrong in terms of investing early. I don't think there's any reason to believe that Helldivers 2 was going to have whatever it is, 200 times as many uh, purchasers and players that the original Helldivers did. But that does put you in a tough position right now. Yeah, it is tough. I mean, this is the the, uh, double-edged sword of live service is that you have to prepare and make content before the game is out but you also don't know if your game is going to be successful and if it isn't you've just wasted a whole bunch of uh dollars investing in a game that didn't pop and then if it does pop and you're not prepared you're kind of screwed and so with uh, only two factions and a lot of the same objectives over and over again i suspect that probably you know mid-march we're gonna see kind of a drop off unless they do something to refresh it um but i i, I hope this game stays alive because i really love it it's like my ideal junk food game like i just i this is exactly the vibe i'm looking for uh in a co-op game with friends um and i hope that they i really hope this one succeeds long term because they they have a a great game on their hands it'll Uh, stay on my dashboard as that kind of pop in and play for a little bit game definitely yeah it's very cool if you're playing it with friends man and this one's just like hilarious it's just non-stop good times people making mistakes and getting themselves well, you, t- killed. you talked about skull and bones but hell divers to me is the game that you do not play by yourself it is not remotely the same game yeah i mean you can play it in matchmaking i guess because you're always kind of forced to play with other teams but if you have them in your ear it's a lot better i also like that this one turns your mic on by default it like i noticed that people seem to be increasingly turning that off but especially that first week where i think people didn't know everybody was talking to one another mm-hmm. and it, I, I just i love that vibe so much Reminds me of the old, uh, you know, the original Xbox Live vibe when that was first yeah. launching. Like everyone was just happy to be talking to each other. Like, yeah, yeah there was the I, excitement. I, Hadn't yeah. even got to toxicity at that point. It was like, hey, Exa- man, I, can I talk loved to you. it. Where are you? I'm in India. That's amazing. You know, <laughs> exactly. 
exactly i miss that so much uh those mm. early like halo two days and stuff and oh my god amazing um Carrick, you play in hell divers man well i refunded it the first time um i there are so many technical issues that have popped up and i'm not necessarily in the same boat as a lot of other people checking the seo checking the wish lists it was pretty well known it was going to be really high you know in the in the sales i mean anybody who just has like basic seo suites you can look at that and many of us did like there was a lot of people looking at it saying that's more like five hundred thousand. like just by tracking those numbers versus other numbers we've seen in past mm. games um i this is me as a reviewer and how i review things so when i buy something if my movie for ten dollars stops playing you you be prepared to hear me bitch and <laughs> if, if my book stops if my anything else stops and i don't care if we've dealt with it before that means nothing to me sony is the publisher the fact that two days ago is when they finally said they, they got Sony devs to, you know, some come and assist them. My job is to just point out to my consumers, at least my thoughts on it, which aren't objective. They are subjective. But I will say that I've been ultimately incredibly disappointed with their entire handling of it. And mm. there's there's a game there that's good. And that's even worse. If the game wasn't good, it, yeah. it, it wouldn't matter. People would get in and be like, OK, and get out. But I, the number of returns, even in my Discord, is stratospheric. Certainly the highest returned game I've ever seen in the eight years I've ran a patron. Because we do polls on if you're returning, you know, do you like this yeah. game? Do you care? Offline mode, I think I absolutely understand why they don't have one. But I am pushing and have been talking to a couple tech companies about the idea of like, we need to, there needs to be something coming on. And coming up 25 or 25 years of having somebody say, well, I sat in queues in this game. Yeah, well, you know, it's not the same. It 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 shouldn't be the same thing after twenty five years. There's that we need to be. We need to see some improvements in scale up. And they they did a tweet which was really detailed about what they did and what they tried, and that's good that they had that tweet and that's good that they did it. But I was disappointed in its in its ability to be played as a premier yeah. title. Also, I called out Halo Master Chief Collection, which was their premier title and absolutely just sucked balls it same was problem. one of the most uh, when Disaster. and same problem and so if anybody says oh he hates sony not only do i not hate sony i one of my worst rated games of all time was a master chief collection i mean i was telling people even if they fix everything you really shouldn't reward somebody this is this is their main thing this would be like mario coming in as a fucking gotcha game excuse my language so <laughs> i i'm very disappointed in that and it's then combined with the other games we've seen having issues and some not pal world had an issue here or there but it sort of got up and running they're paying five hundred thousand a month for their depends server fees what, what console you, know, you played it on but yeah depends on, on what console that's the bad. other big thing that happened with us is we had a majority of our players playing playstation and having crashes during hell divers and mm. i can tell you right now consumers getting crashes on consoles is an entire other beast in another planet on another fantasy world compared to a pc gamer the mm. ideal to them is to not crash there that's just the way it is right now they're not accustomed to it it's happening more often but when you deal with a console person who's playing a game that crashes the sounds the angry sounds that come towards you out of that <laughs> mic are are just guttural noises of an animal enraged in a cage somewhere. And so I want all that stuff to get fixed. And I want the industry to say, we want everything. We're doing streaming. We're doing mobile. Switch 2 is going to be backwards. Compatible. All this shit, right? If we're getting more, and thankfully people have sex, meaning new people come into games every day, then... I don't want a person's first experience. I don't want a person's first experience with a hell divers to not be able to play it. 
And I have to explain that in every review I do. Every single review I do, I hear the same thing. Carrick, what's it like? What's you say Fallout 6 is like five, four, three, two, and one. But what's it like as one? Because this is my first one. And that's why in my reviews, I always give context of my book of woe towards a title and a series versus if you're brand new and just got your console. And that extends to the tech stuff. I'm really just tired of the tech stuff. Guys, it's not a charity. It is not a charity. And I'm done with that. I'm done with giving people money for anything that just doesn't work. I mean, I don't mind the occasional issues, but when you have something like this with entire swaths of people just not being able to run, that really frustrates me as a gamer. I want to make sure that that gamers get to be able to say if the game is friggin' good. And I have gamers right now that have it after four days that can't even tell you if they like the game because they haven't been able to sit long enough and play it. Luckily, the last two days have been much better from what I hear. Yeah. So wrong. Yeah, wrong no, it saying. opened up for me a couple days ago. Um, but no, I, I agree with you. I, I, I think the only thing I disagree with uh, is that I think it's a better thing that the game is good than if it were not. Uh, but I think Helldivers 2 has gotten largesse because it is as good and it achieves as much as it does when you're actually able to play it. But I agree that there shouldn't have been this two-week period of not being able to play it. And especially for a game designed the way that it is, it's a big problem because what you could play for the first even 24 hours was solo. Uh, and that wasn't the experience that the game is that intended to be. Wanted. It's not that good. Yeah. So I, I agree. And I think there's a lot of places in the gaming industry where unfortunately consumers are asked to basically bear it and all for the pleasure of having to pay the highest price the game is likely ever to be or three um, but, days early right hoag where they're like premium version three days early you just paid to be a beta tester damn it like, sure, what, I, what are you doing you just gave I'm them on money the big chat for things like diablo or other games that had a three-day period being like nope you can't you can't have these errors if you're going to sell those for money right um but yep. i i think helldivers 2 the, the 40 dollar price point the fact that, that the game it. is good um, has covered it from more of the consternation that you expressed on this point. Some people would say it's because it's Sony. I don't actually think Sony is super affiliated with the Helldivers brand or even with Arrowhead, so I don't see it that way necessarily. But, but it's Sony's first attempt at a cross they, day one crossplay. You bet they were on the phone, right? Yeah. I mean, they, first, I, I'm not I, saying I, Sony was ignoring the launch. I'm just saying that I don't think in the consumer's mind that this is necessarily a, a, a so they're giving the benefit of the doubt because it's Sony. Uh, I think it's because mm. the game was good and then it was so memeable and that people were enjoying it when they did get in, which is a, yeah. a better problem to have than it's but, junk mm. and it's junk all the way across the board. There's also, there's also yeah, two worlds sure. playing the game. There's the people dealing with the matchmaking problem. And then there's the people like me that have a dedicated group that experienced none of those problems because we weren't using matchmaking. Right. And so you're seeing some people just like, Oh, this game's super fun. While other people are like, I can't get in. How are you playing? You know, cause they're using matchmaking. So, um, I will say I I know from the preview how close the relationship is uh, between the studio and the publisher Sony, and I I think honestly this is a lesson for Sony, which frankly don't have a pedigree for online games. Uh, this is this is not their wheelhouse, and it's something that they've indicated they want to do more of. And I think you know, 
hey, Sony, maybe uh, open betas are great. Technical uh, server Demos. test weekends are great. You can mm -hmm. you can do stuff to kind of prevent this or prepare for prepare it. Prepare to scale. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I I I totally understand the uh, the uh, pain for this one, and everybody has a right to be upset. Uh, even though when it when it works, it's a it's a great game. Um, yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I, I appreciate your pro consumer stance, uh, Carrick, on this one because it is how I try to look through all uh, the the lens I try to look through this stuff as a reviewer is you know we're on the side of the the consumer, the the average player, and uh, for a lot of them it it hasn't been a fun uh, path forward, but uh, it's getting there. And I, I think ultimately that's not the thing that's going to decide the fate of Helldivers 2. I think it's going to be uh, how they support the game after launch. And uh, I'm not super optimistic about that, but that's neither here nor there. Mm. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I hadn't thought yeah we'll that. see. No, I, we've, yeah, we, and that's kind of what I wanted to talk about a little bit because um, we've talked about live service a lot on this show. And, and I agree wholeheartedly with you, Travis, in the aspects we've talked about countless times, which is you just pointed out like either you're prepared and have things already developed post launch or you're not. And trying to hire once your game becomes a success uh, is a recipe for disaster in a lot of cases because it's going to be a long tail before they get any additional content out. Um, yeah. So, you you know, I would I'm agreeing with you where even if the game is really fun and people are really loving it, which it seems they are. Uh, and I'm not speaking from experience because I haven't played it yet. But, um, you know, there'll, there'll be a drop off there for sure. Um, but and that's, we, and that's we not necessarily the end of the world. Sometimes they come back from no. the dead, uh, like No Man's no. Sky or even CPs Dying Light does stuff up there. Months later, yeah. does their event. Dying yeah. Light, yeah, the, especially the original, man. They did Techland did for years. Yeah, yeah, yeah I remember, the uh, Ten, like it, nine years later or something. <laughs> yeah, it was it was like it was like eight or nine years after the original mm -hmm. came out, and they sent like a package to my house that was like a thanks for the memories <laughs> Dying Light one. Yeah. They like they sent me like a package that, like that was like, hey, we're done developing for dying light one and i was like bro that game was like a decade ago why are you sending this to my house and they had like a photo of like all the characters on the back of a postcard and cool. like all this other like memories i felt the same stuff. way with gigantic so travis i gigantic was one i love gigantic when it came out and randomly got an email saying would you like to try to play gigantic again and i'm like i'm sorry what that game's gone yeah. that game's they're bringing it back talking about they're bringing and it they're back. bringing it back and by it's the way awesome. i'm ecst i'm ecstatic for that now bring yeah, cool. or battleborn back and Battleborn. Have, have a good discussion. <laughs> I don't, I don't playing, know if we, that we can agree back. with. Let's get Battleborn. I'm playing Battleborn right now with the single player mod that the guy, the a modder made. It's very cool. No doubt. Do wow. that, but, That's wow. cool. I love but, Battleborn. Um, that was one of the few yeah. multiplayer games I really got into. I was the little robot butler hobo guy. Oh my but, God. Butler, Poor, butler hobo. <laughs> Poor Hogue, uh, getting into all the multiplayer games that are destined for the dustbin of yeah. game history. He's just he's playing Battleborn now. He's playing Skull and Bones. I don't know. He has man. to play not, at four thirty a.m. exactly his time to get the one guy that's like in India who also yeah. has man, that time frame at lunch only, to play. I only stopped playing Battleborn because I would just click to play and it would it would just go for two hours. Yeah, and be like, yep. I don't think anybody's playing. Well, Hogue, I know. I know. I, I've always had a, a fondness for Battleborn fans, both of you. <laughs> Thank you. Two of us. Just yeah. us. And they're both I, I on this show. Battleborn. Yeah. yeah. We found them. This is a Battleborn yeah, I, I did not expect this to be the Battleborn chat today, but yeah. hey, I'm here for but, it. You know? but Travis might be right. If I get deeply into a game that is of a live service variety, you should just figure out ways to eject how to okay. evacuate. Yeah. I'm just I don't or if you start using him as the litmus test for a game that's gonna fail. 
If he starts yeah. to like one, yeah. you're like, whoa, let me let me <laughs> yeah. note that one down. That one, that ain't lasting. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I Battleborn versus Overwatch was one of those things where it's like, I like this game so much more and it's doing so much worse. Yeah. 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 Mm. Do, uh, Hogue, weren't you really into Lawbreakers for a while? I was not really into Lawbreakers, but I did give it a try. <laughs> Just to mention all the dead games. <laughs> when I was at uh, well, that's an event, really weird. Yeah, I think I was at E3 start... or I'm. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. I was going to say people are going to start conspiracy theories about this. <laughs> like every game Hogue plays dies. Look, if you look at yeah, um, it's always <laughs> the, seven, the law you know? law. Um, I was just going to say I think it was I think it was uh, GDC or or something. But yeah, Overwatch over here and Bloodborne over here and Bloodborne. Or, 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 sorry, not Bloodborne. Battleborn. Battleborn said had something on there that's basically like we're going to kick Overwatch's ass, and I remember standing there reading it, thinking to myself, "That is the dumbest thing I've ever seen in my life." Like you guys are yeah. done already because mm -hmm. it will. There's a certain contingent of people will read that even and just be like, mm -mm, "That's not the attitude to have." Show yep. you know, show don't talk. It's uh, you can bloviate all you want. You have to actually deliver, which is <laughs> they didn't. Yeah, Overwatch yep. became yep. one of the highest selling games of all time. Uh, and yeah, Battleborn. and they became one of the lowest, probably. Battleborn, <laughs> Battleborn became a meme, basically. Yeah, yeah, but where yeah. is Overwatch now, Travis? Bring back Battleborn Gearbox. Look, now is the time. As, as, as somebody who never liked Overwatch or Battleborn, I have no horse in this race whatsoever. <laughs> so, yeah. I never cared for a watch either. I played it for a little while and I was like, I, I'm not getting the hype here. Like, I don't yeah. understand. If the love Ains that and game. Dan can pitch for Anthem every freaking week, I can ask for Battleborn. Bring sure. Anthem back. Yeah, you guys can both just live, die on those if hills. There is I guess. A, if there's a race know. between those two coming back, Anthem. I mean, the best part about Anthem is you can always, you have that example of a game that's just so bad and poorly done in so many ways. You can compare <laughs> it to anything live. That's why I want those games live. So I can be like, hey, look at the 15 seconds about, oh, it's already over. Oh, <laughs> anthem! Oh, anthem! Um, what was it going to say? But the 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 comment commentary I wanted to have about this aspect is related a little bit to Suicide Squad, and I don't want to pit games against each other or talk about them specifically. But a lot of people have blamed some of the uh, negativity around Suicide Squad on live service, and I know mm -hmm. we've talked about live service a lot on this uh, on this show. But that you know, almost to me. Yeah, and simultaneously, we're looking at a game, Helldivers, which is live service and doing exceedingly well, right? And can't keep up with the success. And all I wanted to point out, and I know, Travis, you'll have some thoughts on this, of course, is that I feel like live service as a term is just a scapegoat at this point. It's like it's a word that's thrown at a bunch of games to say this is why it's bad or this is why I don't like it or have you. And I'm like, live service, quote, games are literally the number one two, three, four, five, six, seven, like the most played games in the world by far um, on a daily basis I mean, on almost a lot all of platforms. Yeah, I mean, yeah. But a lot of them um, are also true. good games. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm not, exactly. But, that, I but think that's kind of my point. ones are good games. But I mean, but that's I, my I point. Do think, like, I, I do think that definitionally we have a small problem, Ains, because when you talk about Suicide Squad with its content roadmap and its battle pass, that yep. to me feels different than Helldivers, which is a multiplayer game with space for additional content. So that is Correct. the live service broad genre, but it's not acting like a live service game as you experience it right now, when you can get into it. Let's get two but, season passes. So, but yeah, but yeah. Suicide Squad, you know, it starts out with a trailer for the Joker before the game comes out. And so it's, it's a different feel to me as the consumer than something like Helldivers. Maybe that's that a bad not, move. That was a bad I move. think when people are talking about hating live service, 
they're talking about the parts of it being a live service game that affect game design or the way the game feels. Because sometimes when you prepare for the game to be live service, you make certain decisions about how the game is going to play. Like, oh, well, we need infinitely replayable missions at the end game and a loot grind and stuff like that. And I think there's some mechanics built in that that people don't like. And when they see that in the game, they go, well, this got put in the game because it's live service. And they might be right about that. And so I think that's where the live service scapegoating happens is that they say, well, there's these specific game design aspects I don't enjoy. And they seem to appear a lot in live service. Suicide Squad has them. Wouldn't it be a better game if it didn't have them? Yeah. And I don't think yeah. that there's anything wrong with that opinion. Sure. You can totally believe like the game would have been better if it didn't incorporate some of those elements. Um, but what I don't like is people just saying it's because it's a live service that's a problem. That really does vary case to case. Some people design their games around live service and that benefits it because you know it means that they open themselves up to additional expansions. They kind of Helldivers is kind of a great example, right? Uh, Diablo, I would I would say, is another great example of like, well, they built it around live service and that was to its benefit because you get to play this game that is constantly expanding and refreshing itself and has a life beyond its initial launch. Um, and I think that stuff is cool. Um, but yeah, there are bad live service games, but to my uh, to our point in uh, the chat, Ains, you know, when a single player game fails, nobody goes, oh, wow, it, it's because it was a single player game. If only they had made a live service <laughs> game, it would have been successful. Uh, right. And I, I, I just don't think it's a very fair thing to say, like, anytime a live service game fails, that it's because live service is bad and the model is failing. That simply isn't true. If you look at the statistics, that is not true at all. Uh, and also, it it's just not a very fun discussion. Bad games are bad games, regardless of the model that they employ. Right. Uh, and yeah. uh, there are plenty of bad live service games. You will get no argument from that from me. Uh, and I think some of the games could have been better if they weren't live service and they focused their game design efforts elsewhere. Uh, but And I don't know if Suicide Squad is one of those because I have not played enough of it. I don't really have an opinion there. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I just, yeah, I, I agree with your sentiment, certainly, Ains, that uh, people scapegoat the model, and I don't think that that's really fair. But there are certainly some games that were made worse because uh, the team just focused too much on how they were going to make it a live service game. And that you never like to see their plan as you're playing the game of like, oh, well, they did that because of their plan for this. And then suddenly you're thinking about the model of this game and its future rather than just having fun playing it. And I don't think people enjoy that very much. Yeah, the mechanics Travis, should be the focus, right? I agree with a lot of what you said, but I disagree with some something significantly that you said, which is that people sure. don't complain about the single-player model. This is a little bit more prevalent a decade ago or so, but a lot of people have consistently gone into single-player games and said this would be better if there were co-op. This would be right. better if there were a multiplayer element, right? As a game, not just a business model. And so I do think that happens. I think that's how you get Assassin's Creed Unity. And I think there are game types that work better as single player that aren't enhanced by having to accommodate four people, right? You get hallways that are much bigger. You get spaces that are differently designed. Uh, and I do think that there are folks out there saying single player is not the best way to make a video game. Just like they say live service is not the best way to make a video yeah. game. I, I I will I will uh, I actually remember that era where people were saying that a lot more. So I think that's kind of died down, and now live service is the bad guy. But this sort of yeah. changes from decade to decade, where like, yeah, oh, what's absolutely. the thing that's what's the thing that's going to kill gaming? It was microtransactions for a while, and people realized Loot that boxes. wasn't that big of a deal. I remember it was 
DLC, just like the idea of having an expansion people were opposed to for a while. Um, so yeah, there's always like been a scapegoat and right now it's live service, but let me tell you as somebody who plays a lot of games and many are many of them, which are bad. Uh, it, there are <laughs> bad games of every, every shape and size you can imagine. And uh, sometimes they look like suicide squad. Sometimes they look like a single player game that i don't know uh testament order of high human let's say that that was a game i reviewed last year two out of ten why are you being so mean to testament huh it was so bad have you played it <laughs> no, you should play of course it not well no you shouldn't play it but yeah i mean just like uh, it would be funny if you did but you shouldn't do it. <laughs> i remember your rant about how bad that game was it Woo! was epic that game um, still haunts me <laughs> but I do think I, I do think that there are elements out there, not just consumers, but actually in the critical class that go out to a game like Suicide Squad and seem to have something in for it. Right. That you see things that say, oh, you know, if WB hadn't been so stupid and chased after the live service dragon, this game would have been a real winner, that kind of thing. Yeah. And when the critical class is talking about that, when the folks that are representing you know, the scores and the aggregators and and are in some developers contracts. I do think that that matters with how these games are developed and received. Yeah. So sure, I, I'll, sure. I'll address that because I think there's two things happening. There's one people reviewing suicide squad and maybe not liking it. And I think a reasonable mind can play suicide squad and regardless of what they think of live services, just go, I don't like what this is. Yeah, and I think that's, I think that's what happened with the IGN reviewers. He reviewed it and he said, I don't like this game period uh and then there's a separate thing which is when you are disappointed in a game you think well what could they have done differently and i think a lot of people are going to the very obvious like well they could have just continued down the road of the arkham game and made like a it, a more single player focus not a live service game and that speculative kind of backseat game developing is not something i'm a fan of but i get why people do it because if you didn't like the product Obviously, your first thought is, well, what should they have done to make it a little bit better? Every critic does that. Every consumer does that. It's totally natural. Uh, and, you know, I, I, me personally, my methodology is if I don't like a game, I just stop talking about it because I don't want to be a guy. Would you say in your opinion? Yeah, in my opinion. I don't like to be a guy who, uh, <laughs> who promotes a lot of negativity because it's easy to be perceived that way when you are a critic who sometimes has to give harsh reviews. Uh, but I, the, not everyone at IGN is like that. So you see some of the people, the Ryan McCaffrey's who's largely not really a critic guy, right? He's a, he does pre the record. I did not say the letters IGN, but <laughs> sure. But I'm saying IGN because I know a lot of people are talking about us right now. And I just think I there's just, a, I just want to be clear. I didn't raise IGN yeah, yeah. specifically. Yeah, Nor did yeah. I. I, I get it. I get it. But a, a lot, a lot of people are kind of looking at that of, of like maybe a bias against live service games. I don't think our reviewer had that. I think if it was a good game, it would have changed his mind. And that's the problem. That's the thing with games, right? They have to sell you on them. They are, they have to convince you that they are good. Uh, and if they're not good, then the first thing you're going to wonder is why, why it didn't turn out the way you were expecting. Um, and, and Suicide Squad seems to be a very divisive game. Some people really like it and some people really don't. I will say my coworkers seem to really not be liking it from what I can tell. And so that it is what it is. Some people aren't really. I like, yeah, I like Skull again, and Bones. I, I and most people don't like that game. So I was, was going to say, again, I wasn't trying to specifically focus on Suicide Squad, but just the larger conversation of live service. But I, I like Suicide Squad quite a bit. I actually think it has a similar version of the Skull and Bones problem, right? Because Skull and Bones feels like an Assassin's Creed often enough that you start to wonder what it would feel like as a full Assassin's Creed. I think Suicide Squad does a lot of good designed quests, does a lot of good character work, 
and a lot of cutscenes where you have to wind up saying, what if I weren't just protecting a bus and, and fighting enemies and saving randoms in a small circle that is clearly yeah. designed for a multiplayer or end game content, right? Like, yeah. so I think that, that that they did it to themselves with that design that flies so close to the sun. But I think that it gets a bad rap because the game Suicide Squad is better than a lot of review sites and critics have given it credit for. And I don't think that it's reflective of the actual experience that a lot of people have playing the game. Now, I said this before on the IGN review. I actually like the words on the page of the IGN review. I, I find myself nodding along with a lot of the criticisms that are said there and a lot of the problems that that specific reviewer has. The only real objection I had to that review was the five did not seem appropriate for their own grading scale. Yeah, I uh, I could see that. And again, I get that every single review I post, they go, oh, this reads like an eight or and then the next comment will be this reads like a six and then the review will be like a seven. Right. So I, no matter what I do, it seems like people kind of disagree on how uh, how our writing that this is something we actually talk about reviewers. And I'm sure Carrick deals with this a lot is. Um, the words that you use and your overall tone and the things you focus on. I'm I'm a critic who tends to talk a lot about the flaws of a game and and unfortunately, you know, something I could work on is uh, talking more about the things that I loved when a game is good. But I I tend to focus on like a here's its shortcomings and yeah, everything else is good. You know, so uh, I thought you focused on squeezing in as many puns as possible, Travis. I also do that, especially if it's a pirate game. I don't know why I can't help myself. Um, but Folks, yeah, if so, you haven't uh, read Travis's Skull and Bones review because you're not interested in the game that's more power to you on that but you have to read it because he has the most puns per capita i think i've ever read in a review <laughs> yeah i did go really hard on that one uh, but yeah uh, some sometimes uh reviews read negative and uh and the score is higher than and the person actually enjoyed it more and i think uh, suicide squad maybe has the opposite problem where our ign reviewer uh wrote uh a review that maybe uh, didn't didn't harp on the negatives as much as you'd want to, to reach a five, but that's more, um, that's more kind of an edit, an editorial problem of like, what do you include? And also we don't know what got cut from, you know, the review. Sometimes you make cuts to, for brevity's sake or whatever. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, people have opinions. I don't, I don't think that reviewer's opinion was particularly bombastic or crazy. So, you know. I like the review of suicide squad in writing at IGN and I like yeah. the game. So you guys can check it out. I think it's well done, yeah. but I also yeah, I gave a uh, Gotham Knights a five out of 10. So maybe he was just copying me. <laughs> I do I think know. Suicide it's... Squad is a better game than Gotham Knights. Wow. I and you liked Gotham Knights more than me. You did. I, I did. I remember that. Yeah. I think Suicide yeah. Squad is a better game than Gotham Knights pretty definitively. Right. So Carrick, we've, we've touched on a lot of things here. Live service review model, uh, you know, different opinions on kind of uh, anecdotal perspective, right, of the gaming audience and where they draw issue with certain games. You want to touch on any of that? Uh, yeah, three points. I think the, <clears throat> the first, and I did a video about this a couple of weeks ago just because PR people and a lot of the devs I talked to have been starting to state this, that you should certainly expect to see live service as a term uh, being altered as we go forward and I got to sort of sit down and read some documents of ideas, you know, transforming world, all the stuff we all know. It's just synonym, oh, okay. synonym right? Yeah. But there was a lot of ideas of, of adjusting the world, especially when you see Subnautica and those guys sort of got hammered for saying, you know, that theirs was going to be a service game and then had to go back and be like, no, it's not. We just used, you know, an improper term for it. The term is pretty hot. And I think changing that term is important or or offering a a 
a couple different terms if that allows people to go into a review or go into a game with a little bit more of a clear mind. Nothing wrong, I think, with a particular amount of time where some words are hot. That's the way it was. I grew up when, you know, free-to-play MMOs were, they were considered trash beyond belief. And I was early into liking them. I was like, some of these, I've been getting 60 bucks out of this game before I'm buying, you know, a pair of panties for the character. This is ridiculous. <laughs> like I'm getting so much time out of this. And that is what yeah. I rate on is time and investment and, and what I'm getting out of it. Sure. The other I would say is moving forward. Um, <clears throat> so critically, it is, I think there's nothing wrong with stating that you dislike this game because maybe it doesn't, it doesn't bring stuff you expect from the genre forward that, that you saw in other games. But I do see the biggest thing, and it is why I started reviewing, because there was a couple a couple things I noted that were gaps when I started reviewing that I was like, I'm going to hit this. Sound, music, and voice were three that I was like, why is everybody buying OSTs? But best review would say, this music is, you know, huge or bombastic. And I'd be like, what the fuck does that mean? That means nothing. It's not talking about anything. So, and then voices. You've got these huge podcasts with voice actors and we're celebrating them, but people would be like, voices are okay. This guy plays this character more of a live journal than a review of how those voices hit. It's more of a live journal. This guy started talking and then I realized it was, you know, this care, this person. And so I think that it's important to add as much context in the review as possible for why you dislike something. So if, if Travis goes into something and he's a type of person who has a tendency to lean more on what he didn't like, because maybe his idea is the expectation is it's good. So the stuff he didn't like brings it down. Then there's other people who play games where they're right in the middle and they experience the game and they decide if it goes up or down. And I've seen a lot of reviewers who say they start at zero. They they sort of start at this is offering me nothing. And then as I play it, it rises up and up. And everybody's got a different idea for that. For me, it's about adding context. I don't script. So he does a lot of puns. I do a lot of analogies, get shit about it all the time. And I'm like, analogies work for me. I, I, I say stuff like I'm explaining to you guys. I do say this stuff about people having sex every day. So more kids are born and entering because it sounds funny, but it works. Every person I've ever explained that to will go, oh, damn, that's actually right. I hadn't thought about that. So I think those are really important. Um, but I also do think a big thing is just reviewing what's in the game. That's huge to me. And uh, reviewing what's in the game, not necessarily what's outside of the game as a major impactor. So I'll review what the game gives me for the cost. And I will certainly admit, Hey, I wish it had this. I wish it had that, but it's very easy to start a review stating, I wish it had this. And then that's in your damn, it's in, it's up there in your brain pan through the entire talk. And it can seed out into the narrative mm -hmm. a lot. I also have a tendency to play a lot of bad games on purpose. Um, because <laughs> all, for example, one time I, I and I, I said this, I said, when I broke, broke embargo but it said like Redfall is the worst game i played in 2023 it was an early game so that's possible but most of the time the games you guys have heard of are not the worst game i've ever played because i've played some shit games i mean <laughs> terrible and it, it allows me to reset my brain to what truly bad is and i think that some people either don't have time but i would love to see more people do that because even the big reviewers i talk to have difficulty doing that and it's like you should see what somebody's asking for 40 when this game your game's 40 and this game over here is 40 and it is trash. It's a dumpster fire. It's, it doesn't even work right. This, you know, all these kind of things. I wish there was more of that because that would also, I think, solidify us a tiny bit closer to the consumer who does sometimes play those. Yeah, and Travis not talks a about that a lot, honestly. 
Yeah. Bro, yeah, not a reviewer. Speaking who's my getting, language yeah, over here. Who's getting yeah. Tops. yeah. So I, and I, I, I hear, I hear people say like uh, Starfield is like the worst game ever and that it's like a three out of 10. And I'm like, bro, you have not played actually bad games. That's actually that, what I say in yeah. comments because I, I will respond in comments and I'll try to be nice. But when somebody says that, I'll be like, you uh, just need to play more games. Like, yeah. I would love for you to just play more games. I think that that would solidify you into the idea that there's other things being offered at different levels and when i say the voice is good and somebody says no it's not and i'm like okay let me explain to you 10 other games where the voice is terrible and then you can yeah. identify with me now we all have what we played i think that's some context i'll make sure if it's i jump into a later uh series and i haven't played all of them i always like to make sure people know which ones i have played because i think that's very telling and a person can sit through it and go okay Carrick just said, this is the first one he's played. I at least know that. But I also love to add the freshness of somebody who hasn't played. And I will try to point out mm. like, oh, you guys may be accustomed to tutorials that don't pop, but I'm not. This is my first one. So this is weird as hell. And to give you an example of why this reflection, I, I can't wait for it to just explode everywhere, is Elden Ring. The number of people I know who played Dark Souls and hated them and then played Elden Ring, Elden Ring changed things up. But if somebody were to say it's a Dark Souls-like open world game, people be like, mm -mm, nah, mm -mm, I'm not playing. It, it and so it, it, it is that, but you can <laughs> no, explain but why. that would turn the them open... off because of. Yeah. Exactly. And it did turn them off. And the only way I know in my review, I had so many people, the very first comment was like, the way you explained the first section you go out and you see the opening made me feel relaxed instead of stressed because every other you know, Dark Souls is through a vagina-like tunnel where you're just you're just getting hammered. Guys are like, I've got a spear aimed at your face and there's a trap behind me and you have to go through. And you're like, what the shit? So new new gamers are just getting smoked. So that's uh, that's why Elden Rings had the success too. And then we liked it, which also doubly helps. But I, I think this is all really good thoughts. Everybody does it differently, but dude, context is what I miss. And I still miss it. And I don't try to watch a lot of other reviews on games because I get, I'll get frustrated on something. I'll be like, I don't understand why this couldn't have just been explained like one second more. And I'm sure people listen to mine and do that. Um, but I think the more context we add for everything, that's why I have fun factor in mind where I'm like, I end the review and say, here's some fun. Here is what makes any problems or whatever. Here's the juice of this game. Here's the moment that you're going to walk up on top, get through the shit that you didn't like, smash somebody over the head and be like, this is what I like. This is why this game is fun. And not just that it's fun. Because how many times do you read a review or listen to a review and they're like, this game's fun. You're like, okay, what? And they're like, eh, and, and I'll give it an eight. And you're like, well, dude, that doesn't explain what was fun about it because maybe I won't find the fun <laughs> You're talking about thing Steam that, reviews? That you That's find. like all Steam oh. reviews. Steam reviews Good. just say no Chinese yeah. translation. Yeah. Hate it. <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah. Well, now that you've called on Elden Ring three times, like the Candyman, before Ain starts on a 40-minute rant, I did want to squeeze in one Hogue note here because I think it's important. My favorite game of all time, and this is a game that will help inform you for the other games that you play, regardless of whether you're talking to Jeremy or Travis or me on these this things, is, is Star Control 2. Yes, and absolutely. Star Control, Star Control 2 had its source code released to open source yeah. at, the, at the start of the millennium, 2001 or two or so. And for the longest time, people asked me, what is that game? I'd like to play it. And I would send people to the website that had the source code and you could just go play it. But for those of you that weren't comfortable with that, and I know there were a lot of you, a company has put together a Steam access point called Free Stars. 
that has the game Star Control 2 combined with some of its voice acting and making it more available to you if you don't want to get into a DOS box prompt and all those things. And it is available for the low, low price of free. So please go check out Star Control 2. It's called Free Stars, the Urquan Masters. And I will appreciate it because then you won't have to look at me like I'm a crazy person for saying Star Control 2 is the best game of all time. So please go check it out. This was when sandboxes weren't just limited to open world, but were in fact open universe. So yeah. go enjoy the best game of all time, folks, for free on Travis. Steam. He started yeah. the spiel by talking about me, constantly talking yeah. about Elden Ring. Yeah. And then, and then he brought up a game out. from 20 years ago that he brings up every week. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 20 years ago. Good deflection, though. <laughs> it was. He's it like, was, I'd love to good. add to what you're saying. So this game I love. And you're like, yeah. Wait, what? <laughs> you know, exactly. I was trying to get in before the Elden Ring scourge came about. We're going to get of a trailer. Scourge. How dare you, sir? How the dare scourge you? Scourge of the Erd Tree. <laughs> oh, man. Damn. Um, I, I know, Carrick. Uh, I well, I should have asked you before you came on the show because doing this live is is a mistake. But what are your thoughts on Elden Ring? Where do you stand on that game? You just my gave thoughts us on his Elden Ring thoughts. Yeah, yeah my thoughts on Elden Ring is again? that. I, yeah, I did. I, that's fourth reference on vaginas. Yeah. I'm sure fifth now. But I would <laughs> say that more um, than my channel's ever seen before. Yeah, I, th I feel like somebody somebody needs to teach Carrick about hallways because he seems yeah. to think <laughs> vaginas are the only narrow passageway. And I want hey, you don't have my dating history, bro. Calm okay, down. got it. Yeah, okay, makes sense. <laughs> so uh, there's a lot of enemies in there. So when you're going, it, it, what was great about that game? When I was describing it to a pal who hated Dark Souls, he, uh, he had tried multiple times, and when I remember you say that, pal. I do you mean friend or Pokemon? Friend, not a pal. World. Okay, uh, but a, a real friend and he <laughs> was having a lot of difficulty and when i asked him what the difficulty was he was he was talking about going around a corner and there was like this locked in area and there's really nowhere to go i tried to get him to play neo 2 same thing right there was neo okay. 2 a little yeah. bit easier but and so i just basically explained to him the that a moment of rest a moment of respite a, a silent just solitary moment of being able to walk out into that open space in uh, in Elden Ring and look down the grass and see they had done it quite easily. They had f basically four channels, if you look at it, a little like a League of Legends kind of thing. They had four channels, places you could go. And they had, I think in one place, there's nobody, one place, some flying creatures, one place, the guy on the horse, and then the other place, maybe some warriors. And I told him, you know, the one thing about this game that's just different is that you can engage and get away without being stymied by close quarters at this point. And yep. as a martial arts teacher, so I teach martial arts all the time. One of the things you will always hear from a student is, um, a, and you hear this normally, but you get an analysis paralysis. You get a situation where the student can no longer learn because even if they're doing the same thing over, their brain is like an electric fire. There's just nothing going on. They're mindlessly doing the same thing. Sometimes you need a moment to sit back, like a person needs a bit of sleep to get short-term memory to log in. And that's why I think Elden Ring worked for a lot more people than even I expected, where they were able to touch a bad guy and go, whoa, that was not for me. But you know what? I have another choice. And with different choices at the starting, that was, it, it was just, I can't say it's a masterpiece idea. It was a good idea. It was a smart idea to do it. You could attempt and die, and you didn't have to say, I have to fight the same guy again. You could say, I could go left now. I could go far right. And just those small amount of choices allowed for, and the travel, the walking to it, allowed for moments for the brain to go, did I hit bumper? Because guys, I've played almost every Dark Souls style game and a whole hell of a lot of fast games. And there are times where you don't even remember what button killed you. It happens all the time. You'd be like, was it? 
I don't was a controller plugged in? <laughs> like I don't even know what was going on right now. And so that game gave that moment, just that just that moment of time for a player to sort of say, "Okay, I tried this. Uh, this time I'm going to try this on this guy, and might try that and die and then can switch it up." And it worked so well and it was such a magical moment for me personally because Dark Souls were difficult for me to get into, but as a reviewer I felt I had to and I had to go through some crap ones and some good ones. But when when I saw Elden Ring, the difference was so instantly noticeable that anybody who had played past ones, anybody even talked about it, even Dark Souls guys on Twitch beating it in their underwear. They all say the same thing is that the it's instantly noticeable that parts of it are different and a lot of it is pro consumer towards getting them the understanding of what they may need and what they can do. And that's something prior ones sometimes have not done. And I love that. I, I, I just absolutely hats off to those guys. They did phenomenal at that point. Super well said. Seriously. Um, super well said. It's something I've talked about with a lot of people. Obviously, like, you know, I reviewed Elden Ring. I, you know, I talk about it all the time. That's a running joke. Um, but I, I, I love the Souls games. And so many people kind of came to me on our Discord and, and Twitter in different areas asking about Elden Ring. Should they play it? They didn't like the Souls games you know, this type of thing. And, you know, I have stressed many times the things that you just did, which is it, it has all those mechanics. Uh, it has more mechanics than any of the other Souls mm, games, yeah. but it has all those same type of similarities. But because of the nature of the way it's designed, it is far more accessible. And actually, you know, Travis and I joke about this, and I don't mean this in a uh, in any type of connotation, but it's actually a lot easier than some of the other Souls games for that reason. Absolutely. Here we go. Yeah, for that yeah. reason. It really is. It is I mean, it, it just is. Easier. Is. Yeah. Is this Travis um, dropping in saying I fought a dragon in the first two hours? What are you doing? Right? Okay, that that part was just me showing off, but it is easy for like <laughs> the average person. Yeah. Um, but no, exactly what you said. Like I, I legitimately, we, I think all four of us. Well, Travis is a little younger, but still, obviously, has played a, a million games. So all four of us have played tons and tons of games in our lifetime, and the. The Elden Ring moment, especially coming from the Souls background, as you just described, the Elden Ring moment of stepping out into Limgrave yeah. and seeing that world and the, the way that that design had evolved is one of the things I will always remember as I will, who yeah, absolutely. video games. It's just, it is a staggering moment of, of that game. And um, anyway, I, I won't go on my Can my we also rant. just real quick point out, though, that it is nice because that also means those people who couldn't get in have gone back to the other games. Because the pre exactly. person I was talking to who beat Elden right. Ring went back to uh, Bloodborne and played that yep. and went to Surge 2 and played that. And it was like, it's Surge sort two. of nice to see these guys. I, I loved Surge 2, but I, I, I think it rated well. It really I, yeah. Yeah. Did it rate sort of poorly, I think. I yeah, guess uh, search two yeah. did better than one, but it just Dude, didn't, you're taking hit... people's body parts to your house and bolt them on yourself. You can't tell I, me that's I, not I, the I, coolest I, thing. I, I like I liked one as well, and I felt like one. Was so underrated. did I. Yeah. I liked yeah. one as well. I, uh, it, one, uh, one, it was like a maze, Warhammer forty thousand, a little bit dark maze of just constant cool. bad guys and low and low or what was it vertical and horizontal versus high and low was a very different feel to attacking than than it was very cool. Too. Yeah, very cool game. Uh, cool kill in the chat. What's up, so, man? Elden Ring. Why, Elden why are Ring we talk talking about? Why are we talking about Elden Ring? And do you because wanna, it's Elden that? Ring. Do I need another no, no. reason? What's wrong? Yes, with you? you do need another reason. Anything happened this week? Anything? Yes, happened? something did happen this week. And I I'm, I'm going to I'm 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 say this before we get into this. I have intentionally not watched the trailer, so I know that the expansion got announced. But it's I fine. I've watched it like five times, so I've got enough Great. for you. 
uh, yeah, and actually, I want to point out that I was not the one that segued to this because on our run of show, I had something else before this. But I know, I know, Ho- I'm blaming Hoke. I'm blaming that Hoke. was Hoke's. That was Hoke's fault. We're yeah. here already, or my blathering. I apologize. I no, blame no, him on no, my guest. I won't be around. Fault. People can just bitch about me while I'm gone. I'd be like, <laughs> yeah, it was him. Never. I back. like Elden Ring. I've said this a number of times. What I don't like is living in the universes that FromSoft puts in its Souls games. I, I just don't love that weirdness. I don't love being in. Boom. Agreed. Uh, the, the lands between or the various places in the Souls series. So I actually prefer the surges of the world. I really like Liza P. I, I like the different universes. I just didn't love where the FromSoft games take you. And Elden Ring is just kind of a weird place to live, but I do like the game a lot. Yeah, true. I'm trying to think of something I wanted to say about you, Hogue, but I'm going to keep it nice today. Yeah. Um, okay. <laughs> okay. I like that really okay. meek. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. <All right>. yeah. <laughs> um, no, but seriously. Uh, yeah, so Shadow of the Earth Tree gameplay uh, trailer this week uh, from Bandai Namco and FromSoft. It's about a three, three and a half minute trailer. Shows an awful lot. If, you, if you're into Elden Ring, you're into the lore, you understand the story, it shows an awful lot. Um, in fact, Vadi, who is obviously super well known, right? The Souls creator, he did a video on it. It's like a 30 minute video on a three minute trailer because of how much it shows. Um, I have heard that. I think the best part of that, and this works for a lot of trailers that are well designed, is that it meant basically nothing to me. It yeah, looked, I mean, it looked shiny, but it didn't like reveal anything to me. Not to you. Well, I mean, you're you're like five percent of the way through Elden Ring. I told like, you, I, I always get to like the second area and then I stop. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, it looks fantastic. It's coming out June 21st uh, officially. And um, basically, some of the commentary around this. So Miyazaki and interviews oh, no. in Japan. What? June 21st. Yeah. Uh, that, is that related we, to we, some... we should get to that, by the way. I think that's schedules. the final shape there. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, um, these schedules are bad this year already. Yeah, it's going to be rough. But um, essentially, what they said is that uh, this expansion is the other side of the world there's a lot that ties into lore i won't spoil or even talk about here but uh they the game the expansion itself is going to be bigger than limgrave um which means it's probably going to be about you know a very chunky uh expansion it adds a ton of weapons it adds weapon uh combat styles and you know just an awful lot to it um so super excited about it's it pretty June expensive right it's gonna be a 40 dollar expansion yes um and uh you know nothing. me I, Nope. Well, I've already ordered the collector's edition, the helmet. I'm sure there's a statue on its way to you, Aidens. There will be for sure. Um, But yeah, it it looks fantastic. Uh, A lot of us who are obviously very into this game are waiting for the gameplay reveal, right? We've known this has been coming since last year, but uh, this was a moment and this will by far be my favorite thing of the year. Nothing will probably even come close. Uh, I've been playing Elden Ring again and it's just, it's a, I don't know. It's, it's something special. So. I will say the release of the trailer did encourage me to once again pop into the first section of Elden Ring and then stop in section two. So nice. I'm you on my way. Went in, you were like, game still works. Bye. <laughs> it booted. I just wish like I could get you to experience that whole game somehow. I just don't know. Multiplayer. How. We I, have to, we would have to clear our schedules and be it. I don't enjoy it when people just roll in and beat bosses for me. Like that's not we a don't beat bosses either. We hang back. We watch. We observe. We are silent guardians. Uh, by the way, the first area is not like the first little blip. It's not a tutorial cave. I get to, I get through the castle and then I stop. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's. I mean, that's the first area. That's the first yeah. area. Yeah. Yeah, because that's again, like, I don't think like the scope of that game does not become clear until much later, and it okay. is grander than anything you expect. Grander. Grander. Yeah. I Are mean, you check I, on the word grand. Does that I think usually I, I when I get approached by the giant hand is when I say, you know what? I actually am out on this lore. So uh, that's that tends to be what happens with me. I'm not saying that's right. I'm just telling you how it is. Of course. Yeah, of course. But yeah, anyway, uh, June 21st. So we'll see. I uh, hope to be reviewing it again. Again, I will hope to be updating my guide. And obviously, I will talk an awful lot about that when it comes out. So but we don't have to stay on it much today. That's about all we know right now. I will say I've seen a lot of people now getting into Elden Ring, you know, the people who have been waiting or whatever. So if you're not aware and you're into this sort of thing, they did create Future Press, who, in my opinion, creates the best guides, physical guides. Um, they created a double book guide for Elden Ring, which is absolutely phenomenal. It's like if you really want to get into the RPG aspects and the depth of it, it is they are phenomenal books. So I can, can I they've... can I shout out a YouTuber real quick? Of course, please do. Um, and I'm going to shout this out in the worst way, but you'll be able to find him. I don't know the exact name. I'm sorry. He's an artist, and he did the first 400 pages of his exploration through Elden Ring, and he's got it on YouTube. Yes, I and it's his a name journal, too. dude. Yes. I'm telling you, above That's any incredible. art book in the in the universe that would be the art book i would buy like his it came up in the middle of the night for me and i saw this pop up and he was like getting choked up as he was describing fighting the bosses and he had drawings of every boss it was great so if you don't know what carrick is talking about there's a guy who started elden ring and he hand drew like an old paper guide he hand drew his way through the entire game and world he every drew the bosses he met. drew all the characters he wrote down notes of lore like like you would if you were exploring the world in like in the 16th century, you know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, and he so created good. this massive journal and it took him like two years. He just finished it like a few weeks. Back. He deserves to have like, I mean, I wish he would get that to a print, to, you know, a print on demand or something because I, I'd buy it uh, immediately. I would yeah. buy that immediately. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I forget just, his name. Uh, just, someone I'll, I'll please out, let us find I'll it. Shout out the YouTuber who had his uh, goldfish beat the first couple bosses in Elden Ring. <laughs> that was a funny one too. Yeah. Y Files. That's the only guy with a goldfish I know. Y Files. I don't know any YouTubers to be honest. I think, yeah. <laughs> That's fair. You shouldn't trust me. Yeah. <laughs> we're 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 a screwy bunch. Um, damn it! I was looking for what you're talking about. Please, yeah, if someone can look. To, oh, is it? Art sees artifacts is what Eric said is the name of that guy. Um, but Thank anyway, you. yes. Yeah. Look that up. It is absolutely incredible. It is something special. So um, it's so great. Anyway, the, the, <laughs> did you think I used that word incorrectly or something? No, you used it right. I just, I just, you know, it's one of those things you're right technically, but who the an old timey like word. That? Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, so I wanted to talk about Xbox real quick just because we have Carrick on and we touched on this previously, of course. But since we last talked a couple of weeks ago, um, you know, Xbox has come out. They had their follow up with with Spence and the crew talking about, uh, you know, what's going on and why they're moving some games over. We saw Grounded, Pentiment, Sea of Thieves and Hi-Fi Rush going to PlayStation and Switch on, in various different forms. So Pentiment is out now. Hi-Fi Rush on PS5 March 19th. Grounded on PS5 and Switch April 16th. And Sea of Thieves uh, on PS5, April 30th. So just wanted to 
get your guys now that we know the actual details of what's happening, the explanation they gave, et cetera, et cetera. What are your thoughts on this? Do you really have any kind of strong feelings either way? Not necessarily about Xbox per se, but just about the idea of Xbox moving yeah. some of their already released first part first party games to uh, what would be competing platforms. Yeah, I've got thoughts. So I, I said last uh, two weeks ago and before the, the rumors were confirmed that I thought this would be a larger um, undertaking from Xbox than just a couple games, that this is going to be something that they do a lot and that I thought it was a good idea and actually could help the Xbox brand and would be a good thing for gamers. And that's ultimately what we want here in the games industry. Um, I still think that. I still think that this is sort of them testing the waters for this as a model. Agree. Um, and I, I think that them doing it on multiple platforms and then selling them for $70 on PlayStation and giving it to you on game pass on Xbox is still a good idea. Um, I think the four games they chose make a lot of sense. Sea of thieves and grounded because they're uh, ongoing games. Let's call them not necessarily live service and grounded's case, but definitely ongoing um, that uh, would benefit from having larger player bases and then uh pentiment and uh, hi-fi rush because they're small titles that, more people should play and they probably uh, don't don't do as well when they're on the fairly limited uh, platform, at least in the console space that is Xbox um, in terms of how many people reaches. Um, I hope that Xbox is successful in this. I hope that it happens more often. I think it's a winning strategy from Xbox to give it to their players on a subscription service and then sell it elsewhere. I don't think it takes anything away from Xbox uh, and I'm tired of people saying that it does. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I, I would, I thought the announcement was bad, uh, the way that they did it, that whole, that whole uh, meeting. But I also think that it was probably going to be a podcast episode that they thought not a lot of people would see. And then when the leak happened, it kind of became this blown up thing that people cared about, uh, and that they didn't adjust their format for that. And it was kind of just like a boring, I saw people saying it was a, uh, this could have been an email um, of of a of a video, which I would say is true. But also, I think their original plan was to have this kind of go under the radar and be a minor announcement. And so it kind of got away from them because leaks happened. Oh, so, did. yeah. Um, oh, I, so yeah, I, 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 like I don't, I don't, like, I don't, I don't, as they yeah. Do it's the worst band ever. But uh, Spence yeah, and the crew. Spence and the crew. Spence and the crew. I agree with you, Travis, that it got away from them, and that's why it happened this way. Because I think the four games announced. I really don't think move the needle too much for anybody. I know Xbox fans and Xbox content creators <laughs> get excited about these things completely anyway, but without Starfield Indiana Jones out there, I don't think this is the same kind of um, apocalyptic consternation that we saw on the internet for a little bit of time. So I think Hi-Fi Rush, everybody knew about at the top of the year. That makes a lot of sense. Again, it's a Bethesda game that was in production before Microsoft was the owner. Hi-Fi Rush is small, it's popular, and it makes a lot of sense to be sold on these various other systems. I agree completely on Grounded and Sea of Thieves. Pentiment never connected with me as much as it did other people. So that one is, a, a, again, a small game that you release because it didn't cost you that much to make, presumably, uh, in the starting instance. And that's how you do experiments. That's how corporate America works. It's how corporate everywhere works. Is All right, we want to see exactly what kind of effect this has on our platform and our ecosystem. So we take the ones that we think will be successful, but that we didn't ex expend a lot of capital in creating, 
and that's hi-fi Russian Pentiment, and we see what happens. And yes, by the way, I say that because that does mean that Starfield and Indiana Jones and everything else you can think of could be on the table in the future. Uh, and that's this is the first step in figuring out what the numbers are. But also note that the last time they ran an experiment, it was holding IPs back to sell hardware and Game Pass subscriptions, which apparently they weren't happy with, and so they changed tack. So that can happen again. And no, you don't want to make those kinds of changes in strategy in public because it makes you look like you don't know what you're doing and people don't have faith in the direction that you're going. But I don't assume that just because they're experimenting with Peniment and Hi-Fi Rush that that necessarily means things are going to go in one way. But if they if they do, if they do sell, and I think they will and I think they should, that Microsoft will be entertaining the bigger name releases in the future. And no, I don't think that takes away anything from the Xbox overall. I've always thought that more games being played by more people in more places is better overall. I do think the folks that have either invested their identity, which is a problem, or their livelihood in the success of the Xbox as a console need to be concerned about the fact that that may not be the business model for Microsoft forever and ever. Amen. Yeah, I don't think forever, maybe, but I think that they very clearly still need a console in any time in the near or even far future because you have to have a device to sell your subscription service <clears throat> on and that because that's the way you get the competitive advantage and that's why you get people uh, invested in the ecosystem. And I think it will continue to be there, by at least a part of their business model for the foreseeable future. But uh, yeah, I, I agree on the people are putting a little too much stake into the competency or well-being of a corporation and i just don't think that's ever a good idea or a healthy way to live trust people not mm -hmm. institutions i say that on my channel i say it all the, all over the place but and i say don't trust people or institutions trust no one <laughs> live in a cave start buying food <laughs> canned goods and guns immediately that's that's what i say on my youtube channel Thai guy survivalist <laughs> Survivalist San Francisco. Yeah, well, that's it. yeah. <laughs> I've um, said reasonable minds can differ. I've never quite claimed Travis is a reasonable mind, but hey, you know what? If that it's works fair. for you in your life, that's fine with me. Um, do check I was going to say, don't forget the R. Yeah, I had to. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> do check um, out Hi Fi Rush and Pentiment when they're available to you, uh, and enjoy these various other games coming to your to your platform of choice if that's where you're finding them. Uh, but yeah, I think Microsoft, we knew for years and years and years, was moving to a service model, moving to a software approach to their platform. And this is the next great manifestation of that, even if it's just four smallish games. Yeah. Carrick, where are you, man? I know you've uh, you've kind of talked about this. Uh, you know, what, what are your thoughts on what we've seen over the past few weeks and what's kind of unfolding before our eyes? You, you mentioned earlier, you like chaos. You like to see change in the industry. This is another part of of that where do you fall on it yeah i do love chaos um i actually think really good stuff comes out of it especially in game systems where it's been a, a long time where the same competitors that kind of stuff but there's a, there's definitely a bunch of stuff that was weird about the entire situation this is one of the few times i was quiet on twitter because normally i'm like teasing this time i think i said I think the only joke I had was that tomorrow Phil Spencer is going to port himself to the PlayStation 5 because the rumors <laughs> were so beyond belief and so dumb. 
start like there were hilarious ones that like for reasons there are particular ones that i'm like that's actually impossible for that one to go but it got out of control yeah it got out of control their response was their response a lot of people said they should have responded early well you can't respond to everything any politician tell you that any anybody with even a small following will tell you you have to figure out how you're going to respond otherwise you'll be responded to every tom dick and harry who posts or tweets um additionally Apology tours are huge right now for leakers. They leak, doesn't turn out right. They do their apology tour, but still want you to subscribe it's exhausting, to their podcast. It's, it's, exhausting. Yeah, it's like, subscribe to my podcast. I heard that fucking Dragon's Lair is coming out as a 4D time travel game. You're just like, all right, whatever. And you find out it wasn't. So all of these all of these things sort of began it. But once they announced, I had that there been some people who already knew exactly what was going on. There was also the leaked data about what they had said prior to the podcast. So we all sort of knew exactly what the podcast was going to be. I was more interested, to be honest, in the future hardware and holiday being shown that Sarah Mm -hmm. Bond stated, as well as uh, next year, some hardware that she says will be twice, you know, the the largest jump ever. Moving away from that and talking about the games, I think that those games make sense. They also make sense in a way, in the exact way Phil Spencer's talked about before, which is looking at titles that have grown to what you would be, what you would consider to be their sort of their peak. They've done their thing. And um, you can move those and offer them to somebody else. And I'm in agreement with Travis. This is something day one, I always believe they would do. They, they want, Microsoft wants, wants with no above anything else we're talking about for a consumer to have a choice between $60 and Game Pass. Microsoft's entire ecosystem is going to be built around that excellent choice and for them it is an excellent choice it may not be for every gamer but that is absolutely entrenched within even the people i talk to who aren't super high people in other parts of those that is like boom that's what we want those titles were great i want to see pentiment i want to see hi-fi rush hi-fi rush felt instantly like a game that was going to be on every there was something about even its surprise launch uh, that felt like that could be on everything also i think that it was weird. I had to correct some people when the rumors were going out. It was PlayStation, PlayStation, PlayStation. And I had to go into multiple forums and go, uh, it's not just PlayStation. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. But here's the problem. Every single generation ever, and you can look this up, has always had two major competitors hate each other. They're not allowed to get, alike, uh, get along. That doesn't work <laughs> for the competition. And Switch is not the same style of competitor. So what I do actually right. envision is this is most likely a good indicator of backwards compatibility on the Switch 2, unless Microsoft just wants to throw this into the 130 million plus Switch 1 owners, and you guys are screwed when Switch 2 is announced, they don't have backwards. I just assume this is probably an indication of that. I also Hmm. assume that Microsoft wants to double hit the handheld fairly heavily and see how their games can do on handhelds not owned by them as well as what we've seen Microsoft do in the past, which is OEM, which was what they did with WMR. WMR was not created or built by Microsoft, sorry. It was created by your Lenevo's, your HP's, your blah, blah, blah. Microsoft has a very smart idea, which is I want LG and Samsung to get Game Pass on their app bar. I want a chip that I could throw into a TV that just plays Xbox games and you sign up for that, or you get a free Game Pass for six months if you buy your Samsung TV. Barring all that, I think it was good data I also believe that Microsoft will not be making instant choices and especially XDev that I talked to who was sort of involved in one of the one of the games itself was it was more along the lines of they also want to see if it makes money because if it does, that money will go back into them. They know Sony's making money, so there's a tit for tat. You don't want to give too much to them because you are giving them cash as well, but you want to give the games that you think you can get a good uh, comparison to. 
you sort of want that comparison, that moment uh, that a consumer sits and goes, what should I do? You don't want that instant do something. You want somebody to say, what should I do? And that's why I think the Switch will come up also much larger once the Switch 2 is announced as, as a platform. And then I would look for Microsoft. At least the rumors I'm hearing is the idea of Microsoft not just being the sole creator of a handheld and possibly there being some kind of thing where we're seeing all these handheld makers. It's like, is there a EMO situation? Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. that rumors popped up enough that I'm, I'm so, and, and Microsoft in the FTC documents was very, well, they weren't open. They didn't tell anybody. Somebody stole the documents, but it stated they were going to look at arm and other manufacturers for things. And that makes sense when they're between, you know, making hardware, they're going to look at other hardware and yeah. that's Microsoft's they bailiwick. They want to get into the, the mobile space themselves after last right. time. Yeah. Right. And it makes, yeah. and remember, uh, the, the main guy, um, I'm, I'm, the guy above Phil, um, Satya he made it clear he felt their biggest mistake was leaving Windows, but what he or leaving Windows Phone. But what he didn't state was we want to make a Windows Phone. There is a huge difference between wanting to get back into the ecosystem, wanting to actually build hardware for that ecosystem. Yes, so they'll 100%. be that. Yeah, uh, they need to fix their cloud, which they also during those FTC documents they stated they hadn't done yet because they they need that cloud to be much better, especially with GeForce Now. So handedly uh -huh. trouncing it in all ways um but i think overall as a thing it was the games we expected that i i saw footage of a game but you see footage of a game you know in a discord video and you're like is that real uh, uh that is slightly big that was looked like it was being played on a dev kit so it's like you know there might be one or two others out there not huge ones certainly not a starfield or something like that i think this is a great start for them and um, it also mimics a little bit about what Pete Hines uh, was complaining about before he left in his leaked email, where he was very upset about Starfield being exclusive. And he and I wonder if that's sort of not only just top down, but other people in other companies are like, hey, you know, if it's a multiplayer game or if it's whatever, we could have three times the multiplayer yeah. people playing this, you know? Yeah. And by the way, the number of people I know who are playing the Xbox version of Sea of Thieves to play PS5 new owners is very high. And I wonder if Microsoft has, I don't wonder, Microsoft has data for everything. But <laughs> their idea of current owners jumping back into the ecosystem to play with their friends who've always had a PS5 of course. is not small. So that is, that's the thing that I don't hear a lot of people talking about is return, returning gamers on the same platform to play those new gamers. That's, that's actually exciting to me. I, and, and it's yeah. a yeah. value benefit for people who own the system that's amazing yeah, for with, them with cross progression you could yep. get sea of thieves on your switch and then play it mobily now i mean the, the options there are great for for those service games so really excited yeah. for that i'm really yeah. excited and, for it man and it means more people get to play grounded which was like my favorite game that year so grounded is great I, I used to always joke game. with my with my discord that ms had somehow released three or four of the most popular like mini mmo slash you know, service games that no one yeah. really kept tracking. And because Grounded was doing numbers. And one of the guys on the team that I had heard from was like, dude, we are ecstatic inside. And I was like, really? Because I don't hear about it. And then I yeah. saw, you know, a tweet here or there where they're like, we've hit this many. And I'm all, oh. Yeah, they, they announced they, 20 million yeah. this week. Yeah, they announced yeah. 20 million. And you're, so yeah. you're like, Microsoft somehow has that, a, a couple of those games that aren't as big as you think, maybe because they own Microsoft, uh, they own Minecraft. But Sea of Thieves and, uh, and Grounded are not small games they're massive yeah 
Yeah, I mean, just Xbox first party alone, especially now you fold in Bethesda with ESO and Fallout 76 in those games, right? There are 150 million plus monthly active users, which is a crazy number. I mean, that's a lot of players playing their their active games every month. Um, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, all, all really good commentary. Agree with nearly everything all of you guys said. Um, I don't think there's a whole lot that I even had in my pocket to touch on outside of what you all just said. Um, so I think it is going to be interesting. I do believe... Um, as you guys rightly said, right, it, there's a lot of testing going on here um, yeah. and, and figuring out the data and figuring out the financials and figuring out the aspects, the technical, you know, everything that goes along with that. These are four games you would expect on paper to be used for this purpose, right, to mm -hmm. feel out the water. And, um, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see where it goes from here for sure. Yeah. Yep. Cool. I don't think it's the end of the story, certainly. No, it Canary absolutely is not the end of the story. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Let's uh get a couple of these super chats. We got Christopher Jets are in the house. Find our super chat. What are games like Antoria, Italian double A UE5 Souls game, and yeah. another Crab's Treasure coming out the same day and the other a few days later as Erd Tree? Okay. Uh, I think they're asking what are those games going to do because uh, because well, I thought it was going to eat their lunch. I don't know that there's a lot of overlap between another crab's treasure, but in Toria, I'd probably be looking to move the game, move the, uh, move the I mean, look at horizon forbidden West PC port. That's I <laughs> yeah. mean, horizon forbidden West devs might as well just give up on release days. I don't know what's going on. With those <laughs> well, Elden, yeah. Elden, Elden ring. Crushed I mean, this horizon is getting stupid. Zelda when, when oh, they did, Zelda you know, did you know what's happening again? Ains? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, someone in our Discord mentioned it. I was like, I didn't even think about that, but man. Rise of the Ronin, it. Dragon's Dogma, a bunch of those Every are just single like... time they release something. Every gets... single time. Yeah, that's crazy. It's a cursed It's like cursed It's like the Titanfall thing where they release right with something else, but it's just been replicated no matter how many times they try to something. <laughs> no kidding. Yeah. Chris, thank you for I, the super chat. I, Go ahead. Oak. I know another Crab's Treasure. I didn't know Intoria, so. I have not heard of Intoria either. You're talking double A Souls game. You're in my wheelhouse, so I will definitely take a look. Not not on that day, you're not. No, correct. So perfect He's example. Play in the your game. Souls game. Move your game. Yeah. And Toriel looks interesting. Uh, uh, it's quad A Hoke. Thank you. Uh, that's right. Skull and Bones player here. I know the fourth <laughs> A is for aquatic. I don't know why Microsoft Jeez. and Ubisoft thought that they could <laughs> say that. Microsoft said, stated it in the past as well. Quad I don't a. know why they thought Quad A. Was, they, yeah, yeah, it was it was because of their uh, studio, the Initiative, which yeah, um, yeah, they they said it as like Making oh, we're setting further up to make the first. What's <laughs> weird is it's it's always said by like a business person Head. in the industry who's not a game developer who seems to be equating the A's with how much money it costs. Them, yeah, exactly. Which is not First the way you want to because yeah. if, if that's the case, then like. GTA Six is probably the actual Star Citizen squad. is Five uh, A. Yeah, well, yeah. And here's the thing: every company needs like a Steve <laughs> sitting inside, and whenever anybody says something stupid, you hire Steve. He's a no-name dude who's just sitting down, and you're like, Steve, tell him no, no matter what he says. <laughs> Make him fight through his 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 idea. I'm gonna say Four A, and Steve would just be like, No, no, that's a suit. No, S tier maybe. You know, would, yeah. do we change to like RPG tiering and say S? <laughs> no, we don't. You don't need to do that. He's uh, Travis is right though. It is it is different words used that when they're used they're even more confusing because they are talking about the invest the investors yeah. and the cash yeah. and and it, what's put in. They're not talking every about every A being added is because the finance people are screaming. It's ah yeah. 
another accountant, another accountant, another accountant, another accountant. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's like just a person's name under it. Jeremy will be the first one. And that's how many A's. They're like, we need four accountants for this new game. Oh, man, that's good. Uh, we have a Papa Hogue sighting. 1999 hey, Super Chat from Papa Hogue. Great big cast broadcast today. I will actually try Elden Ring. Oh, Thank good you, Papa Lord. Uh, Dad. Uh, Don't listen to your son. I'm muting him. him Twitch I'm muting him. I'm, I'm just trying to save him. <laughs> I didn't actually mute him, but no. Go. You go, Papa Hogue. Get past Limgrave and show your son how it's done, my friend. I appreciate it. I would it. love it if Thomas Hogue beat Elden Ring before. Our oh, race. that would be amazing. I want, yeah. I, I want it to be a race, actually. I want them to have a runoff against one another. And I, I would create a home. handwritten journal of his adventure for that reason. So, so yeah. folks who know me know that my dad is who got me into video games. And we played a long time on the oldest systems and every system in the 90s. We had a 3DO, a CDI, that kind of thing. But for a long time, my dad has asked me for video game recommendations that avoid Twitch needs, that avoid action gameplay, because he's just not loving that kind of thing. So I think Elden Ring might be the wrong entry point for him. But hey, you know what? <laughs> no. Good luck, Dad. Uh, do it, Thomas. <laughs> Tom, Tommy boy. Uh, Goldfish <laughs> did it. So can you. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, CBS predicts Michigan football returns to the playoffs again this year. and will face Ohio State once again becoming national champions. Go blue. It is tough to be the best. <laughs> I say that about Elden Ring all the time, you know. Um, we love you, Buckeyes. <laughs> yeah, we never got to we never got to debrief about the Super Bowl. By the way, that happened also over the break. So, rip. Uh, yes, sorry about Did that, it? Travis. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that was yeah, uh, that was something. Was hey, this the um, only second? Was this the second Super Bowl? Only second to go into overtime. It was the, the, second second one overtime ever, it was the yeah, one yeah. Super Bowl. I was like, eh, eh. Not, it was nah, a great game. Probably won't be. I know. I was just like, yeah. nah, I won't go in. And then I was l- read my tablet while putting a Lego thing together. I was like, duh, duh, duh. oh my god! You know, I'd argue it was a fairly terrible game with a close ending. But what I do feel bad for you. That was a fun fan. game. Wow. It started slow, but I thought it got really good. The first two two and a half quarters, I was like, this is this is not even good football. <laughs> wow, I thought it was um, good. But yes, as you and can I, imagine, going to win next year. I'm calling it. I was no, going to say, as you can imagine, everyone went nuts here. Um, yeah, yeah, it's see a Well, we everywhere. saw them go nuts on the on CNN. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. Sorry, I tried really hard not to make jokes about that in the chat, yeah. but you know, that's, uh, you know how yeah. it go. What did uh, I say, Travis? Yeah. No shooting jokes. I know. I'm trying. I'm just out here doing my best. <laughs> um, but anyway, yes. Uh, thank you, Papa Hogue. Appreciate you. If you need any help with Elden Ring. I'm a DM away. Hit me up. I'm ready to help you get through this. So I can set you up with that connection, Dad, if you need it. But <laughs> they'll just be like, here are all the bosses dead before you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, anyway, moving on. Uh, Halo series. Any of you checked this out yet? I, I caught up with it on Friday. Is anyone watching read, this but me? I read the Paul Tassi review of the Fall of Reach. That is the closest I have gotten to the uh to the series. Well, one, I'm sorry. Uh, and two, um, Paul yeah, Tassi's cool. <laughs> I don't mind Paul. <laughs> I have Paul's nothing against Paul. I say it. Uh, Carrick, are you interested in this show at all? Are you a Halo fan? I don't actually know the background here. Um, I'm interested. I'm the my only interest is I love video games. So the more of these shows that come out, and even if they don't 
you know, perform well for those people. As long as more people are interested, we get our Fallout TV show and stuff like that. Sure. So I'm interested yeah. in that. Uh, what I saw of the Halo uh, mini series that came out, the original one, uh, were, actually had the real Master Chief and not this Joe Blow dude from the series. <laughs> but what was it called? Like the what? What was the original mini series called? Um, well, you had there's oh, showed oh, up oh, and oh, helped them, the Fall of uh, Nightfall. Night was it Nightfall? Well, no, no, no. Nightfall was, Nightfall was the second one. There was Forward Unto Dawn. Forward Unto yeah, Dawn. The Nightfall. Yeah, the one. So the... there was the good one, Night, and then Nightfall it's just was after. Progressively, Nightfall was yeah. bad. Forward Unto Dawn was good. Yeah, Forward Unto Dawn was good. Um, so I, it, you know, it's okay. It's like I don't, I don't care at all about it, but I'm excited to see if it does well because I would like to see other games that I'm interested in their stories having, you know, getting translated to other stuff. I'm always a huge fan of that. Because I I watch a show if it's based on a video game just to check out the first couple episodes of that were terrible, man. Oh yeah, you should see the later episodes of the first season. They were I, yeah, they I were, they were they were so bad they went back around to being interesting. Yeah, uh, yeah. Eric, I, I honestly you should you should finish that season because it is a it is a yeah. If you like bad movies, that show is is hilariously bad. The first season, yeah, it's it, I, it, it is rough. It is rough um i dropped out yeah we, we i can't comment yeah. yeah i mean it 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 didn't improve a whole lot hope honestly um season one's bad season two uh so it's four episodes in if you're not aware now and basically it is a little darker this season uh episode four was starting to show the fall of reach um mm, i don't know okay. if they're done with it of course because it just episode four just happened i did catch up with it on friday it's it's okay uh it is better than season one. Take that as you will. That may not have hold much weight for you. Um, but And it has some cool moments. It definitely has a lot more homages to the game and the actual lore. There's a lot of commentary and things that tie back to uh, important things in Halo, which is better than the first season. And Klaus um, from the originals is in it, right? Uh, Klaus, uh, he's the like blonde... blonde. He looks like a bad guy in the trailers I'm seeing. He said he, he it's hard to it's hard. God, I can't remember his name. He he might be the guy who's playing the head of Oni. Um, oh, is I feel that like we're being is? tested okay. on whether we've seen the originals or not? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah true. I, I know right. who you mean. I forget his name. I like the show, D &D, but he, so I always watch the weird shows. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's the head of Oni. Um, OK, so yeah, he's in it. Cool. Yes. Yeah. And he yeah, he plays a big role. Um, but it, it is um, Nicholas Michelson. Nicholas Michelson is his name okay but there's there's still some just odd things um like they show you know they're out of their suits again and they show chief fighting an elite out of his suit and he's like you know he's like superhero fighting the elite out of his suit and i'm like that's just not how that works that's not as, as like fully out of a suit like is he cheeks? fully out of a suit as a human yeah. no he's in a t-shirt oh he's not he's not fully the show he's going downhill bro come it's on. like he's not cheeks come on. But like stuff like that, like I'm like I'm watching it. And I'm like, no, that's not. I thought the that... I thought the second season was he was going to be fully nude the whole season. <laughs> I got to tell you, Ains, I really don't love that actor. And it some gives of that a is whole new from... idea to the game to the weapon, the needler. Now that I think about it, <laughs> man, and a super combined. Yeah, from outside in, I don't love some of the quotes he's given. I understand that Pablo, yeah, actors know. like to have their faces seen and whatnot, but I just think that it forces the show into some weird situations. Right. It does. It, it does. does. And, and I think episode, I think episode four with reach 
shows that like again there's some good aspects of it but there's some other aspects where it's like come on what are we doing here like you had such an opportunity to show this in a way that really would have delighted not only people who don't know halo right but people who do obviously like me um and you kind of just flubbed it a bit and it's it's just frustrating i don't know but if he uh if he hangs dong later in the season i'll catch up <laughs> i'll catch up with it okay you gotta let me know we got some this good uh, references the in this episode. video that has been on my channel <laughs> <laughs> oh glad we could do it for you hoag we're here thank to help. you ains it's all yeah, good we're here to help. um but anyway that that's that um well guys uh it's been a well, good episode guys. well guys it's been a good episode coming back are there any other points you want to touch on before we start to wrap things up I think there's only one last one, and it's just me complaining about Travis again. Oh, yeah. Uh, I want to hear the complaint. Uh, oh, here we go. So Travis gave out two sevens in the last couple of weeks, Let's both go. of which have resonated with me a lot Let's more go. than Travis would have suggested. Mm -hmm. So on this particular point, I would just like to say Travis is wrong. Banishers okay. is a great game. It is fantastic. However much you like crevices or don't like crevices, it really hits some nice dramatic. <laughs> you did that one. That was you, okay? This is on your channel, sir. What did I do? <laughs> no, talking he was crevices. talking about actual crevices. He wasn't know, talking. You're, know, you're gross. Just go with it. I know, just go with it. <laughs> so uh, if you're at all interested in a well-told, well-paced ghost story with mystery elements, please don't skip Banishers because Travis gave it a seven. Yeah, uh, I so just to be clear, a seven is not a recommendation that you pass on it. A seven at IGN means good and that you should play it. Uh, <laughs> however, if you're uh, somebody who uh, enjoys uh, your time and likes the games to be well paced, uh, it is does not have great pacing at, at many many opportunities, and also the combat isn't great. Uh, and, the combat you know, is not great. Don't go to your action great. game fix. So yeah, if you're if you're expecting it to be kind of God of War esque, it is a better story than God of War, in my humble opinion. I love the Agreed. investigation. I love the investigation uh, system a lot. Uh, but I, I have uh, you can read my review. I, I think a seven was was the correct one on that. You can but. read his review, and I'm just being uh, obstinate with Travis. I actually think seven again is about right for IGN's grading system. But like we say here, there are a lot of sevens that really resonate with people. Sevens are often True. where the interesting stuff lives. And yeah, Vanishers is one of those interesting seven. So if you're at all interested in a ghost story that's set in the new world at about the time of colonization and some of the vibes that you can get from that, it is a well-told story uh, that doesn't have great combat gameplay, but do check it out because it's a really interesting product, I think. I'm, I'm really happy to hear you played that game because I remember after I finished it, I was like, I feel like Hogue would like this game a lot. Uh, so yeah. I'm just great. happy to see more people play it because it's fantastic. I mean, the, the had, combat is absolutely not great shakes but the story writing and the the morality Voice the acted. weight the the, yeah. the 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 weird feeling of duality that you get morally where if you help a character that no one can see you look like a jackass in front of everybody because you're alone or you help everybody and you get to watch this person die again which is a it's just something that I just don't know if a lot of people would have been able to handle well in their writing and don't nod once again they nailed it. Yeah, yeah. One of the things I was going to add was that it's a really interesting exploration of grief that I think Very. is handled in video games 
uh, more interestingly than it would have been in passive entertainment. So one of the things Travis and I talk about a lot is, you know, why is this a game and not a movie or a TV show? And Banishers kind of tends, especially early on, where you think this would have been a better Netflix series since I'm just slashing at ghosts as my action stop. But I do think that having those choices and being a part of those investigations and living in this world plays better as an active piece of entertainment than a passive one. And so I, I thoroughly recommend Banishers. It makes every button press during the end of the investigation. It made me pause. And I'm known to be like super unemotional. But I'd go, Banish, <laughs> up, wait. Mm, okay. <laughs> Ascent. Ah, wait, 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 wait. And I would walk around. What, the house what, what, go, what ending did you get? Did you? I got all five. I got all wow. five. I went back and played uh, you, all five. Yeah. Yeah. Whenever thorough. I like uh, Don't Nod is sort of my jam. Like a lot of their games just happen to, I find their writing and the end results being really good. Um, but I did get I the, the first one I believe I got where I messed up because I did let some people get saved because I'd initially been like, I'm bloodthirsty anyway. So I'm like, hell yeah, I'll jump in there. But then somebody <laughs> tell you a sad story. And I'm, I mean, I'll admit like they're good enough writers. I was like, oh, damn, like that does suck. I, I'll sneak one through and you can't that game. You can't sneak many. Oh, you, ha you have that. to, you have to absorb every single person. God you pretty damn, much do. I think brutal. they said you might be able to get by one, but I did more than one, maybe three. And I definitely did not yeah, get that ending. Part, so I was like, part of my, Part of my problem with that game is the the decision making is a little oversimplified. Like it, it's yeah, sort of it's Sith and Jedi. It's yeah, just, it's it's you're... basically like you either have to banish them or send them, which are kind of just different flavors of the same thing. Mm -hmm. Or you have to just be a dick and kill them. And there were some times where I was like, "Well, I want to do both. This person's an asshole, so they should get you know killed. But also, I right. want to banish the ghost too because the ghost is also not a good guy." And they kind of just make you pick a side. And I feel like most of the decisions I made in that game were about the ending I wanted, which is weird. You know, it's like, oh, I just it's very Bioshocky that way. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I found myself the more decisions I made was about the ending I I was had originally chosen, but that I couldn't get to because of the weirdness oh, during yeah, the investigations. Yeah. So I sort wow. of got you find yourself a little down. bit. Are you a little bit misanthropic, Travis? You want to murder everyone? <laughs> oh, I mean, there were there I were did. some there were oh, some yeah. where I wanted to kill both of them, and and then yeah. there were some where I, where it was actually hard, where it was like, okay, well, but but the problem was I felt like I wasn't making the decision be based on the scenario. I was making yeah, you were making because it because I was like, well, end. I have to get the ending that I want, and so that that's sort of uh, my problem with that that decision. Tree. I always RP story games like that the first run. Yeah, so then you're gonna end up with like a a weird ending. You're going to you know, end up, I was yeah. exactly, Travis is right. You're going to end yeah, up with yeah. the meandering ending. That's like, you did some stuff, but hey, you didn't really make any choices that <laughs> yeah. made any sense. Bye. <laughs> You're like, oh, yeah, shit. Because there are some doing, short endings there. Yeah. Have fun being more efficient next run. You, you yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Exactly. True. Yeah. 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 I, know, yeah. I know that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, I, I'm glad you played that game, Hogan. And I think more people should play it because I was kind I of. I want to play it. I haven't I yet. Kind of, I, I kind of already forgot I reviewed that game. So yeah. I'm glad you I think we gave it. We gave it an eight, I believe. I'd have to go back and look. Too many. The Metacritic is higher than my review score. I was. Yeah, the Metacritic is great for them, yeah. but the concurrent. I don't even like to say. I hate talking about concurrent players. Uh, so yeah, I know. it's now such a thing. But it wasn't great, which makes me worry about sales. Because Don't Not yeah. also had Requiem, which came out a couple Reverie or whatever that came out. It was a point and click Requiem. one. Yeah, it, yes, yes. it was a yeah, and that one even my review views were hugely low. Like I, even the people when I was reviewing it for my channel were like, "What is this game?" 
So I don't want Don't Nod to have too many of those. I, you know, I want them to you know, yeah. check out Vanishers, people, especially if you like like Vampire. It's part of the Vampire mm -hmm. lineage. On it is, yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, it's also cool. just a okay. really cool new IP, which we should all support new IPs, please. You know, it's not a sequel, which is great. <laughs> there should be more of that. Yeah, we've talked we've talked on the show multiple times now about these, you know, types of interesting games in that vein. So well, the double A space is amazing, even though I have it no is. issue with triple A space and quadruple if somebody makes one. But the double A <laughs> space, like uh, the new GTA Outcast type. looks fantastic. I got to ha hands on preview that a couple months ago. And like, that's a huge like for me, that's I, I, I hope it nails it. All the mm. double A space is great sometimes. I mean, Vampire was double A space, and that game was phenomenal. Yeah. Just Capri yeah. Sun and everybody in that world was amazing. <laughs> it was so good. <laughs> good stuff. Banishers uh, definitely feels like a Vampire kind of sequel. Not in story. Yep. It's a different game entirely, but it's it's that lineage of games. Cool. Very cool. Yeah, I'll definitely get to that. Let me uh, catch up on these Butterballs. Watch it be a Chiefs three-peat. He's already calling out your. I don't want to watch it to be a Chiefs repeat. No, my Maybe. my Lions will have more skilled players to take to take the 49ers and not lose to them by 17 or more in the second half. Mm. Will they now? It is the Lions you're talking about, right? Uh yes, the okay. Lions are here to stay now. Oh, oh, okay, all right. Uh, Butterball, thank you, and shout out to WW with five season gaming memberships. Appreciate you, Debbie. You've been very generous you, to everyone. Thank you so much. All right, let's go ahead and wrap this bad boy up. So, Carrick, you've been awesome, man. I'm glad we finally got you on a bitcast. Yeah, episode. thanks for being flexible. I'm sorry. Uh, you don't have to be sorry about anything, man. Uh, I know you you create an awful lot of content uh, and reviews and spend a lot of time on that stuff. So I completely understand. Appreciate you coming on. Uh, always yeah. fun chatting with you. Every time I catch up with you, it's a good time. So appreciate yeah, it. Definitely. Why don't you go ahead and uh, obviously his information is in the description, but go ahead and shout out anything you'd like to shout out, man, and where they can find you. Uh, Jeremy Penter on Twitter, uh, ACG or Angry Centaur Gaming, the old name that I used to have it pretty much everywhere else. But I'm going to shout out somebody. <laughs> I did not even... know that's what it stood for. That's fine. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, it was a D&D &D name. I wasn't doing video games at the time. Uh, but I want to shout out somebody else. Uh, if you guys Please. get a chance and you like to watch some really in-depth, incredible write-ups on games that aren't really reviews. They're not really analysis. They're, they're just incredible write-ups. Writing on games, one of the best YouTube channels. I think I'm subscribed to three YouTube channels now, and he's one of them. <laughs> You guys get a chance. It's writing on games. Um, okay. Breaks down videos, breaks down levels, and his stuff is embarrassingly good. One of the first times I've ever heard somebody where I'm like, well, I'm done. Time for me to go, <laughs> you know, become a mechanic or do some more logging. So, yeah, I want to shout out somebody else. He's uh, incredible. You guys should check him out. That's very cool. Okay. Okay. Writing on games. I'll remember that. I'll check that out. Um, before I forget, too, because you brought up the the Elden Ring guy, I put the guy's name. It's oh, oh I forget it. I put it in our chat. And now I forget it. I don't have it up anymore. Um, but I wanted to show I, I downloaded a couple because if you just look up uh, Elden Ring hand drawn journal, just yeah. Google that. You'll find it. It comes up on Reddit. It comes up everywhere. But these are a few examples of his early pages when he was first doing them. So this is what he started to do as he went through the game. And he read it. He wrote, read it. He wrote it like an old um, kind of, like I said, like an old RPG journal. And he drew all the characters and he drew little like anecdotes and, you know, all these big things as through the entire game. Um, and it is just absolutely incredible to see. Um, so definitely check it out. It is worth checking out. So that is very cool. It is. It's it's amazing. It really is. Um, <clears throat> 
on the SG side, uh, reviews we've talked about a lot of reviews we've got a lot of reviews going on um i know that uh zach also checked out enshrouded uh which i believe is in early access right now on steam and a lot of people really liking that so we've got an mm -hmm. article going up on that tomorrow um i've got another statue which will shock everyone i'm sure but i've got a nathan drake prime one statue video going up um it's uh, been waiting on that one a while it looks very cool so i'll be putting that video up uh, follow up on my Xbox article, and then I wanted to shout out to Extra Life, uh, the Children's Mercy group locally who I play for, sent me this hoodie, and we're going to do a Halo community stream tonight for my Extra Life. So nice. stay tuned for that. Um, check it out. It'll be we're going to do like big team battle. Anyone can jump in, join the team, obviously, until we fill up, um, and we'll have some fun with it. So look for that tonight on Twitch. I'll hit it up on Twitter later um, as to what time. I don't know what time we're going to start yet, but it'll be this evening. So. All right, uh, Travis, what you got? Uh, yeah, uh, you can read my reviews of Banishers, of Skull and Bones. I've done a few reviews this year. Um, I've got some previews coming up I can't talk about, but be on the lookout for that. Always. And then, yeah, always. And then uh, my next reviews are the Outlast Trials 1.0, which is coming out on March 5th. So my review will be on March 4th. It was um, fun I'm, even in preview. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, my I gave it a 7 in its early access version. And yeah. uh, now now we've got the 1.0. So um, we'll, we'll see how that turns out. Uh, that's all I can say for now. And then uh, my next review after that is the new South Park game. So oh, I'll be playing okay. that next. Which, is, which mm -hmm. should be fun. You're the right person for it. Thanks. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> he meant that as an insult in case anybody was wondering. He, he doesn't like South Park. So he's like, you're the right person for it. Yeah, jackass. <laughs> no, that was the subtext. Yeah, I heard it. You are misanthropic. I, there was no subtext. You're the That's, comedy guy. Yeah. Well, yeah, you're right. You're right. <laughs> Hogue, what you got, man? Well, I already talked about free stars. So if you're watching this, you should have already downloaded it for free from Steam. But do that now if you haven't already. And I talked about foam stars? free stars. <laughs> uh, we talked about Bellatro, but the very last thing I wanted to mention, which is a game that I was looking forward to, but rocketed up my charts after I played the demo this last week, is a game called Unicorn Overlord. Mm -hmm. uh, and I highly recommend checking it out if you like strategy games at all. It reminds me of the old. Uh, Ogre Battle game from the Ogre N64, Battle, yeah. if that's helpful to you at all. Uh, but it's this strategy game from Vanillaware, who most recently made 13 Sentinels, uh, but has made a lot of games in this kind of graphic style, very well done, very high-end 2D graphics. And the tactics in battle are basically that each of your people has a kind of program for the talents that they use when they swing their sword, when they heal somebody, that is all of a series of if-then statements so that when you assemble your crew, your specific group, you're assembling a way that they're going to battle other groups. And it's really smartly done that it emphasizes strategy over tactics. It is gorgeous. Uh, and I am very much looking forward to it. I believe it comes out in the next couple of weeks. But the demo is available now on the Switch is where I played it. It might be available other places as well. Uh, Unicorn Overlord. Check it out. I'm very excited about it. I also mentioned that I was on Last Stand Media on Summon Sign. Uh, you can check that out over there. Uh, I will be posting that on my channel at Hoag Law on YouTube. I have not done any law videos or virtual legalities of late because the summon sign was like four hours long and <laughs> I'm trying to do another video with some other folks and I'm paying more attention to other channels than my own and still trying to figure out where my energy level is. It'll any given day. So 
with that all said, if you do like talking about the Michigan Wolverines, video games and more, check me out on YouTube <laughs> or on Twitter at Hoaglaw. Uh, and check out Unicorn Overlord, Bellatro, and Free Stars for my random games, Hogue Notes of the Week. <laughs> <laughs> well done my friend all right we're gonna go ahead and get out of here Carrick. thanks again man appreciate you Hopefully yeah thank you very much i appreciate you. you guys yeah for sure definitely all right everyone have a good week we promise we'll try not to take weeks off or months off anymore um we'll see uh i blame hogue for that one even though i wasn't here it's his fault somehow i'm sure so until <laughs> until next week dan will be back and uh we'll see what happens this week of crazy game news until then enjoy your games play Bellatro. Until then.